Hello and welcome to the BitCast. My name is Ainsley and I'll be your host today. Uh, to my uh, left, right, whatever side that is, is of course Dan. And below me is playing the roles of both Ty Guy Travis and Hogue Law, Travis. So he'll be debating himself today and I'm <laughs> forward to the festivity. Uh, in all honesty, people, Ains is in points unknown, although I think he's announcing himself in Pennsylvania in the chat right now for family business. Michael Corleone style. So you're stuck with the three of us. Uh, and I go- drew the short straw to host for you all. So, or maybe you did if you're in the chat or otherwise listening. Dan, how are you doing this morning? Man, I'm awake. So that's, you know. Hey, started. I always consider that a victory. Yeah. I We're think starting so. pretty close to on time. Yeah. yeah Dan's awake. Yeah. We're fired up about talking about video games. Yep. Maybe we won't yeah. run this episode to two and a half hours. We'll <laughs> I got three Dr. Peppers all lined up, ready to go. <laughs> Is that the level of caffeine you need this morning? Yep, a little bit. All right, fantastic. And Mr. Tie Guy himself, in a tie, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Um, as you know, I draw all of my strength from uh, you guys uh, disappearing. Like, as as you age out of the show, I I my youth absorbs your power. Um, as you know from Dan not being on the show in previous weeks, and so oh, that's that yeah. was a whole vampiric thing. I didn't, really, yeah, honestly, yeah, yeah. And so now I, that, I've now only that... been on the show for six months. I, I signed up. Nothing was told to me about giving my yeah. life force to Travis. Yeah, well, it's not really something I tell you. Okay. Whoops. Yeah. So October. I'm good. Things are good, man. You're doing good. You're playing some games. I'm playing a lot of games, man. I'm currently working on two reviews. I got a third review that's going live tomorrow that I finished a while ago. Um, so yeah, and then preview stuff and yeah, a lot of stuff going on. Well, as you probably saw from the actual Ainsley created thumbnail, we're gonna be talking about VR today. We're gonna be talking about a few controversies that popped up in the world of video games, including whether or not 30 frames per second is acceptable to our eyeballs in the year of our Lord 2022. Uh, whether the price of a VR headset should ever exceed $1,000 if you want market penetration in really any market. Uh, and we also have something added to the outline today. We got some other stuff to talk about as well that came up after Ains had created our show for us because he doesn't trust us to decide on our own topics. And that is, of course, a little bit of controversy about voice acting, witches, naked hair coverings, and all things Bayonetta. Uh, so that'll probably come up. We'll talk about that a little bit. Before we do, though, Dan... Your college football team sucks. Yeah, yeah, they do. I'm sorry. I, I mean, I don't know what to do anymore. I mean, yeah. I have to watch. I don't the know Bears what you should be doing Thursday, and then so I'm just going to roll with you know the Cubs, which is not you know the best idea. But I'm just going to stick with these guys because they're not playing, so they can't lose. That's right. You could have been rolling with the Dodgers. They had a bad night. Oh, um, and this has concluded our sports section yep. of the seasoned gaming bitcast because Travis is. was about to fall asleep on us yeah. or just with, with it goes the power I absorbed for me. Well, I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to have fun. We will have Ains back next week. We will mention that again at the end of the episode, although because he is a world traveler, he will be appearing remotely. So get excited for that and technological difficulties because those are always fun. Dan. Outside of Hitman, what have you played in the last week? Man, uh, man, judge, hit. yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it. I, I played Hitman, and uh, uh I, you know what I did this week? I got the platinum for Hitman finally. I kind of been kind of throwing that I out. I didn't even know if that was possible, yeah, yeah, I finally did it, and then I also got the banana, so that's good. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of a lot of excited people about that. But I've been playing Judgment, kind of going back and uh, you know, I don't remember anything about it to be honest with you. I even, I think I did the review for Season Gaming, and I don't remember any of the story, which is a good thing because it was kind of like a new game, so <laughs> it, it was nice. Uh, I'm still playing it, um, and short of that, that's pretty much it. I'm waiting for Plague Tale, man. That's my next Plague's one. Tale, right? Which is yep. very shortly, yes. This yeah, it comes out on Tuesday. Tuesday, yeah. Uh, you can read my review tomorrow at 4 a.m. at on IGN.com. Is it I okay if be. I don't get up at 4 a.m. just to read your review? You don't have to get up at 4 a.m. Okay, all right. Actually, you know what? I'm thinking of a different review that has a 4 a.m. embargo. I think I think it's at 8 a.m. tomorrow or 9 a.m. So sorry, I've got a lot of balls in the air right now. So you do, you got some reviews coming. You got some reviews coming. Uh, it, so Travis, that's a great segue into what are what are you playing? How many of the games uh, have to go in like that uh, the Disney announcements for movies where it's just unannounced title, unannounced title, unannounced title? None, versus none what of you can them, actually talk about. Yeah, none of them are unannounced title. I can say I've played all of them. I just can't talk about any of them in any okay. capacity. So, all right. Well, the following is playing. a list of things Travis can't actually subjectively find yes. on in this episode. So yeah, I've gone from review to review, and then in the most recent case, had to stop my review to work on a different review because of an emergency situation that arose uh, okay. where somebody couldn't handle the review. So uh, in order, I finished playing A Plague Tale Requiem a couple weeks ago. I wrote my review. It's just been sitting, waiting for the embargo to, to go up You finished a couple it. weeks ago, so they must have gotten yeah. back to you early. Okay. They got the review code early, and I, I just finished it, and, and it's just been locked and loaded and waiting to go uh, for a while. So I did that. Then I started working on my next review, which was uh, Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed, which is an asymmetric Ghostbuster game where four people play Ghostbusters and one person plays the ghost. And it's kind, kind of like of a, Evil Within. Kind of like Evil Within, except for it's the reverse. Uh, the ghost is... Or is you know what I meant, not Evil Within. Um, no, you're right. Uh, the Evil Dead. Evil Dead, the game. <laughs> uh, evil Dead, the game where the monster is hunting the people. Instead, it's the people hunting the ghost, and the ghost is the person hiding and kind of trying to get away. So uh, it's kind of it's kind of the reverse formula. Uh, I can't talk about that one except yeah. to say that I got about halfway through uh, that game, and then and then uh, somebody uh, had life stuff come up, and they could not do their review of Gotham Knights. And so uh, for the past you know half of a week, I've been playing uh gotham gotham knights uh and that review is going up also this week i think on thursday at 4 a.m that's the 4 a.m one i don't even know Um, what the release date for gotham knights is i think it's this friday it's this friday so my my review goes live on thursday morning i'm not finished uh you know i need to write it probably tomorrow so i've been doing that so there you know lots of stuff going on i can't talk about any of it but i'll be able to talk about plague tale starting tomorrow um, i'm very excited about it it should be yeah. People, everybody else should be super excited because when Travis posts his reviews on IGN, especially for bigger games, the replies are just outstanding. They, they are, are, and they're, they're always weird. considered and reasonable. Just like I have yeah. found on the internet this week, always <laughs> a, a, just a bastion of reason, logic, and discourse that I, I just I'm, I'm glad exists. Yeah. Uh, so I'm looking forward to also popping into Travis comments because it is a little bit of a pastime for me. Yeah, me too. Um, it's pretty fun. I, I, I must be the only person on this chat who doesn't go and look at my comments. Oh, so. man, that's great. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> I can't mind them. The I can't mind them. But no, they are uh, they are amusing. I I do recall having a, a lovely almost hour, I think, going through your comments to something random. It was like the DLC to Far Cry 6, which I just thoroughly enjoyed because they really uh, they really pilloried. That's you. right. That one they I really did pa- read. <laughs> that one was crazy to me because I think they were saying that the uh, villain in Far Cry 5 was the best one, which shocked me. 
I was just like, wait, what? That's like the worst one. Like I, 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 I didn't know that there were uh, stands for the the villain. That's the one from uh, Montana. The the yeah, the, the, Mon- the yeah, the, the Joseph Seed Superman. or something. Yeah, yeah Joseph Seed. That's his name. Seed, yeah. Seed, yeah. Yeah. Man, yeah, with the trivia. No, so yeah. I always, I, I really do take a lot of enjoyment from popping in and seeing what people think about Travis at a personal level for his yeah. video game review. Uh, <laughs> it's fantastic. They are. Uh, my my, favorite, oh, my yeah. favorite ones are just like the, hey, Travis, like F you. Like, that's it. That's all they yeah. put in there. Like, nothing they just, else. They just curse at Gosh, me. No, 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 no elaboration. You know right to the yeah, point. Yeah, I, I, I prefer I do, that too. I do yeah. not agree with your existence, fellow man. Sorry. Exactly. They're the best. Fantastic. Did any of you pop in to game one of the Game Pass releases this week uh, called Scorn? Mm. No. No. I I explicitly did not pop into it because uh, my good friend Liana, she did the review for IGN, and it was uh, not my type of game based off of what she wrote in her review. And I was just, I I actually do want to play that game when I have time, but uh, whoo looks rough looks yeah, real rough you know it's an interesting one um and i have to give my full biases and disclaimers here is that you know i i've talked about my past a little bit certainly in that interview i did with ains uh but i uh sponsored the easy allies the podcast out west uh for a little while uh when they had po- sponsorships and one of the main sponsors that stuck with me for like the big chunk of time was scorn um, and Scorn always had the same kind of read, and it was, uh, you know, discover a world of odd forms and somber tapestry. Uh, and this is, of course, like 2016, 2017, 2018. Wow. They were running uh, ads back then. Yeah, no, absolutely. They were, they were, they were sponsoring these allies with me, and they, we, we used to have ads essentially right next to each other. Uh, and so I have a certain amount of kinship. Uh, with those folks, it's like, yeah, you know, it's a it's a smallish development team. It, they took years to make this thing. Uh, and you do, you pop into it. Because I did. This is one of the things I played this week. Uh, you pop in and it is just no hand-holding at all. You're just in a gross, fleshy thing. Uh, and then, yeah, it's got, it's, it's got combat. And I kind of wish it didn't. I kind of wish it was just like uh, one of those old CD-ROM adventure games from like, old, like, like mist yeah something like Mist. well i mean really grotesque mist but like it's a puzzle that... game which i i dig puzzle games with no context or story or that sort of thing that sounds cool but it's the uh kind of the other stuff that was mentioned especially i i have a friend who's playing through it ebontis on the uh the other show and mm-hmm. he was like yeah this game's not very good and then he got to the final act with combat and he was like okay f this game like he was just like so aggressively upset about the game <laughs> they add they add combat at the end like uh first person shooter mechanics and apparently it's just awful so mm. i think it is one of those games especially early on when you start it that would have been greatly aided by being in the age of the instruction manual like I recall these kinds of games that are just I say CD-ROM because they used to just make games out of like kind of 3D photography and then you you hit up or left or right and it kind of just goes to the next photo uh, and and you have these kinds of interactions. I remember one that I really loved that was based on um, Rendezvous with Rama uh, that I really liked, but it was because of that format, you're really not going to engage in first person. You, you actually have to figure out what you're going to do for a puzzle game. And in this one... I think it's just a little bit too obtuse. Uh, like you're, you are kind of wondering what you're doing. It's slow walking. 
I, the graphics are cool. I mean, you're on a you're on a Geiger planet person temple thing. <laughs> uh, but I tend to agree. I read IGN's review, um, and uh, I I'm looking forward to playing it more. But it doesn't grab you right off the bat, and I feel bad because I was looking forward to it. And what's the, what's the horror factor on him? Like um, the scary? horror factor is not. I think it's um, a gross factor. Yeah, I don't think it's that's a gross. a gross factor. It's it's more like this is an icky place to be. I am this is unpleasant. It's 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 walking into the crime scenes in Saw more than it is mm-hmm. actually thinking the killer's behind the closet door. Okay. Right? I mean it's it's <laughs> that's a technical term. You can use yeah. that one in one of your reviews, Travis. I'll do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I actually think I could use that in a review. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I, it's Game Pass. I really do like the Game Pass service for uh, killing that barrier to entry, killing that uh, that monetary expenditure on this kind of stuff. But it did bounce off me a little bit. And I feel I feel bad about that. Yeah, it always is disappointing to see a, a game that kind of intrigued you flop a little or or you know not not hit it as hard as I think a lot of people were staking their hopes on this, which I never really understood. A sort of, you know, I think, I think it might, it's, I think it's, it's evocative the, in a way that a lot of games aren't. It's evocative. And I think it was the Xbox, you know, um, presentation effect. It was it was included in a couple of Xboxes, like big E3 replacement presentations and it was on Game Pass. And so I think a lot of people were like, oh, it's going to be you know, a Ragnarok competitor or whatever for the fall. And, and I just don't think it is that. So um, I'm interested to check it out. But yeah, the, the things I've seen of it kind of make me go, oh, no, <laughs> it's worth a check out. And yeah. I and I redownloaded Plague's Tale Innocence uh, because I wanted to nice. get in front of that because I I think I may be misremembering this I think I only got like three quarters of the way through it. Oh, oh my God! You have to play the end of that game because that game is that game gets really weird in the oh. last in the last like quarter or whatever. And if you don't have that context for how weird it gets, Requiem is going to really surprise you. You're going <laughs> to be you're going to be like, wait, what is this? Just a completely different game. Like you okay. Have to, you have All right. I'm an interdimensional game. wizard or something. All right. No, I, I don't remember any. I think I actually got about three quarters of the way through because I remember kind of just getting, I guess, a little bit bored with the dynamic. Like it was mostly kind of the same. Um, so if, the, if it has some kind of big, at least lore or, or world building twist, I don't know it. So I must it have not played it. It doesn't just have a lore or world building twist. It has a gameplay twist, too. Okay. That's, yeah. And like, okay. So I guess I should say this for people who haven't played Innocence. You can play two without having played one, but mm-hmm. you're going to have to accept certain things that, like, if you didn't play one, you're not going to see the lead up to the stuff that happens in two. And if you didn't finish one, you're going to be like, wait, this is not how I remember things working in the first game. And yeah, I would just say probably play, finish one if you did. Worth it to Dan, did, Dan you finished in. it, right? It sounds like. Yeah, I finished it. Yeah. I okay. So you know, you know what I'm referring to. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. Cool. 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 All right. Well, you heard it here first folks. It's worth it to finish the first one. Yeah, it is worth it. I, I think you would, that. you would, you would be very much benefited from knowing how one ends to really understand what, why things are crazy and too. I recall enjoying it. I, I recall respecting it more than loving it at the time in so far as uh, this is a smaller team and it's like, oh, they got, they got a kind of triple A looking thing out of it. Uh, but I did get a little bit bored. Uh, so we'll see. I will, I will go back to that. That sounds like a great plan. Anything else anybody's playing or that anybody wants to talk about? Because Ains usually squeezes 45, 55 minutes out of this, but I think it's mostly because I'm a blowhard and I just take up 20 minutes of talking about myself in this section. 
Yeah. I mean, <laughs> why why don't you? What other games have you been playing? I mean, that's basically all I've been playing this week. Uh, I've been playing. I tried Scorn. Uh, I've had some stuff going on uh, online. Uh, we've had some sports ball to watch, uh, mm. including playoff baseball and football. Um, you know, everything else is is just chill. Nice. So I, I can't. I can't speak to a lot of video games. We're doing yeah. great, aren't we, Ains? Yeah. Somewhere Ains is shaking his head. We got one person who platinumed Hitman, one person who doesn't <laughs> want to talk about video games, and then me who's played a lot and can't talk about any of it. Those are our three uh, situations here. Your season of gaming bitcast, folks. Please leave a like and subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> Ains really appreciate um, that. Ains actually has some things I'm supposed to talk about. For instance, apparently we just hit 15,000 subs at season gaming which is really really awesome and is a significant increase just in the last few months from where we were at uh so thank you everyone who's not just liked and subscribed here but also folks that have shared it with their friends have told other people have put it in forums and online and said these guys are idiots you should watch them because we like hate watching just as much as like watching because youtube can't tell the difference it's true yeah in fact, if you like us, you should tell your friends. And if you don't like us, you should tell your enemies. That'll show them. Because, right. you know, we, we equal, equally good. Uh, Hope, already said he's impervious to bad comments. So I, I really am. I don't care yeah. about anybody's opinion. It's it's actually kind of a superpower. <laughs> That's um, why we had him on the show, man. It's the best. Yeah. Uh, Hogue, your co-counsel has said that uh, you played Grounded this week. So I'd like a Grounded update personally. I have been playing Grounded. I really appreciate that, honey. That's awesome. Uh, Grounded is great. Grounded is fantastic. I think, personally, that Grounded is too hard for my liking as a solo. Um, as, as an adult, it's sometimes trickier for me to get people to come in with me. Uh, and so I'm mostly playing Grounded solo. And I can do my base building. I can do what I like in that game, which is kind of figuring out where things are. It was really great to have a breakthrough of figuring out how to get grubs. That was wonderful. Nice moment. Um, but outside of that, it's like actually going and pursuing some of the dungeon paths and dealing with some really menacing things uh, is uh, is a bit tough uh, for a solo. I'm sure that you can go online and find somebody making, I don't know, six, seven minute clips of them just one shotting praying mantises and spiders and everything else. There you go. Travis is already working on it. It's like yeah. shield, poke, throw, mm. bow, whatever. Um, but that isn't me yet. And I think to get to whatever that skill hump is, uh, it might, I might I might just be happy with my tiny little fort and call it a I played grounded. Don't know. We'll see. Mm. Yeah, I Perfect. implore you. I implore you to push through <laughs> to the next uh, area because it honestly like there are there are. The, the the kind of the loop of the game is you get you just power through this amazing threshold and then you reach like a point of power you're like i'm comfortable and then you start to look on the horizon to the next thing and you're like oh my god and you feel like you're back down at the bottom and then you go up that next hump and you get to the next power level and you build your fort even more crazy and it, it just keeps doing that to you every time you think you've conquered the fun. yard you look one way and you go, wait, what is that? Oh no. And then, you know, you have to get even better. So it's, it is fun. It's such a cool game. Yeah. One of my favorite bits of that is this notion of leaving the fort. And it really does capture this feeling of, okay, we got to stock up. We're going on an adventure. You feel like you're in the Hobbit. You got to get everything in your backpack just so, uh, and we're going to try to get over there. And it seems 16 miles away. 
<laughs> and yeah. we got to try to arrive in some semblance of health <laughs> and supplies. Uh, and that's a good time. I, I grounded is great. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I'll try to power through it. I, I don't, yeah. it's not going to be one I drop because it's just, you could just pop in and you know, kind exactly. of know what's going you on. You don't have to, you don't have to kind of commit to it, which, which I actually really appreciate. Uh, so I actually also played some grounded this week. I totally forgot about this. Oh, yeah. uh, my fiance, my fiance and I are still kind of in the back of our minds, like, Oh, we want to get back and do more of it. Uh, and so we found a couple hours um, last weekend and we, we now have this big fort that kind of winds around the major oak tree in the game. It's just like this big, it kind of like has stairs and it just wraps around the oak tree. I have and nothing built, like that. We built a spire on top of it that just goes, it's a spiral staircase that just goes like super high and there's no build height limit in grounded. And so you can just go ridiculously high. So we went up to like one of the big branches and then we built a way station of platforms that just zip lines all across the map to any area so that we can get to any area on the map and then back without having to walk or explore Deal with the adventuring. Yeah. Yeah. And like it's just on, like, yeah, it's crazy. It sounds like me on Death Stranding. Like that's what I absolutely adore yeah. about Death Stranding was figuring out. I was like, all right, how can I, when, once you set up a full on transportation system in that game, it's like, oh, I could do your quest. <laughs> we're we're just gonna get on the transport. So all right, I I don't have zip lines, Travis. Uh, uh, I don't have. Yeah, I yeah. have. Uh, I have very limited resources. I have a. You don't really a, need zip lines right now. You're pointing the game though. You're I not have a sad like camp that I love. Uh, that I have that have wall sconces that light up. It's it's lovely. Yeah. I have a uh, I have a series of construction <laughs> sites that have grass blades, so it looks a little bit like uh, you're at a uh, you're at a, a local. A factory depot because it's got just nice lines of grass blades around it. I've started adding fencing, uh, but it is ultimately just, 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 a, just a grass square with a smoothie machine. Um, so you know, it's it's my little home. I'm Man. happy with it, but I don't have fires and zip lines. Yeah, you'll get there if you keep playing. Eventually, <laughs> it's like uh, it, it's just, the, the game is so good at just like pushing you to the next. You know, like, uh, what if we did this? What if we, what if we went crazy, y'all? What if we did it? You know, it's cool. So, and it keeps surprising me. There's still more stuff I keep finding. I'm like, oh my god, like there's still stuff in this backyard I haven't found yet. So, yeah, it is cool. It. A lot cool. of cool stuff to see. No, I enjoy it. I enjoy it. I did play grounded. That's right. Uh, and uh, thank you, co-counsel. Yes, thank, thank you, co-counsel. Always. Keep She's very helpful with my memories. Um, but. No, I think that's about it. So if everybody's set on what we've been playing, we can move this along in a, uh, with some amount of alacrity. Man, yeah. you get, these big words are going to either, you know, pull in a new audience or alienate ours. So I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. Speediness. Yeah, okay. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I appreciate the mocking, Dan, though. Keep me uh, real. No, I love it. <laughs> Which brings us to... <laughs> The main topic out on our thumbnail, which is how many of us are just going to run out and get our $1,500 Quest Pro. For those of you that didn't see this announcement, oh, Travis is in line. Meta, formerly Facebook, formerly Zucktopia, was announcing various pieces of their VR evolution, announced something that they had previously called, I want to say Project Cambria, uh, and they announced their final kind of commercial output for this thing. And they also dropped the fact that it was $1,500. Uh, and apparently what also came out of this particular announcement was that they didn't 
intend for this necessarily to be aimed at a gaming consumer audience, uh, but had planned to sell it through to enterprise. Um, yep. So the very the very first question is, you excited about this? No, and I don't think we're supposed to be excited. Um, okay. I think this was obviously a commercial play uh, in the same way that like people kind of were like, oh, that's interesting at the whole, uh, what was the Windows thing that they were, the hollow? HoloLens. HoloLens, yeah. yeah. People were kind of like, oh, that's interesting. And then Microsoft was like, it is interesting, but you know, it's really not for you. And we were like, all right, that makes sense. <laughs> um, I think, uh, I think you know, $1,500 uh, price is probably indicative of that more than anything else that they're not trying to sell it to there there will be a quest three i'm sure that will be priced reasonably and i think you know if you're the type of person who buys the quest three you probably were never going to buy the pro really at any price because the pro is going to be tethered almost certainly right I, i've got to imagine that it is um uh and the there's other headsets out there that are at the level of the pro uh that are similarly priced i mean i own the uh, valve index which is a one thousand dollar headset that's the the price of entry for that uh, unit and in order to play it it is both wired to an expensive pc has to be and you have to set up two uh way station uh monitors on either side of you of your of your play space to uh capture the area it's like they're like motion sensors right and so the amount of setup and uh resources that have to go into it to build it is for a very specific either type of extreme premium gamer who just wants to play like super high-end uh you know vr games and doesn't care about the price and the lengths you have to go through to make that feasible um or it's made for people who are developing on the vr headset or want or have some sort of work use case and so uh th what's interesting about the vr space right now is there is no middle there is ridiculously expensive and then there's a toy you wear on your head and you know that that isn't that isn't uh tethered and and i think psvr2 has a chance to fill that void in the middle i think also meta had an opportunity to do it and they didn't and i think people are kind of probably pissed about that but it, it's a very interesting market because there's the consumer market which is like in my opinion as somebody who owns the valve index and has done the you know five thousand dollar experience of getting that to work um, uh, you know, I, I see that and I go like, oh my God, this is amazing. Everybody should play this, but it's not practical. And then on the other hand, you play the meta and you're kind of like, all right, this is okay. But it's sort of just like a toy, you know, it's not really full. The so quest is amazing. I, yeah. I'm no meta fan here, but it's that untethered nature that makes it amazing. That's, that's it, the it, dream. It is fantastic. I mean, that, that, that's such a big uh, pickup. It's just that once you've played the other stuff, Hoke, I got you to get you, get you out here to San Francisco so you can play the. Oh, yeah. Well, the, did, by the way, did you see the rumors that Sony had licensed Alex for PSVR 2? I did. And I hope they're true. And even if they're not, people are going to find a way to get Alex on PSVR 2 because you can actually already play Alex on the meta. It's not a good experience, but you can play it because the meta is a Steam uh, compatible headset. So use it's like yeah. tethering to your computer. If you use it's tethering to your computer. So you can get it. And I, I think the PSVR will probably get it. And then finally, you guys will be able to understand why I was freaking out two years ago. I, um, I look forward to that episode where I was like, man, Travis was right. Yeah. It doesn't come up a ton, right? It doesn't so come up a ton. And it was an IGN 10 out of 10. It was one of the only 10s we gave that year. And uh, I, I think game of the year easily. So it's kind of funny. There you um, go. No, so I, I, as far as I understand it, just in terms of like, correctives and understanding what they're doing here with meta 
the Quest Pro, as I understand it, is uh, untethered. <clears throat> and primarily the technology behind it is the Quest 2s, that its upgrades are for the hardware. So the optics are better. The pixel density is higher. They do something called, I think, like mixed color augmented reality. So it's not yep. you know, that black and white screen from Quest. But apparently, I think I think they're using the Quest name as untethered as like that's that's what it means you think yes you think that you're free from the you're free yeah and i I, my guess would be that's why it's 1500 and not a thousand because the one thousand dollar price point has sort of been like the oh it's high end it's really good and it and it is tethered and so this is our first really high end untethered headset so yeah and I, i to me i wanted to ask you about this and and maybe dan you would have an opinion on this one of the problems I have with what they've done here is if it's for enterprise, it's not for consumers. I think that the pro naming convention has been kind of used up in this space because this is what PlayStation calls their upgrades. And this is what we usually think of just as our colloquial way of stating consumer upgrade half step uh, between generations. Do you, do you think MetaQuest Pro, when MetaQuest 2 is their consumer product, is confusing, a good idea, a bad idea? Because it jumped out at me as seeming consumer focused with the pro name that we're used to seeing to us. Yeah, I, I have a, a lot of problem. Well, I have a lot of problems with Meta just in general, but especially the way that they're doing this. I think uh, I think both the Quest name and the pro name are bad ideas. Um, right. I get that they're using Quest to mean te- untethered, but unfortunately, the Quest is a known product in the consumer market, and people are automatically going to assume that you're trying to sell it to them if you call it the Quest. And then the pro on top of that adds further confusion to the market because as you pointed out uh gamers are used to hearing pro as the elite version of whatever they're trying to buy and so it's a terrible name overall i get what they're doing immediately when i see it and i'm like okay that makes sense to me a guy who knows who plays a lot of vr and gets kind of what the market looks like but to the average person they're gonna go oh so there's this 250 dollars version i think they're selling it for now 299 and uh the the uh, a $1,500 version that is not very clear on kind of why it's better, or, you know, who it's for or anything like that. And I think that is a serious problem. I also think the PSVR 2 is going to come in and just kick its ass because I, I, I foresee it either being, you know, a, a, a $1,000 kind of competitor to the uh, Valve Index, except for it doesn't require you to also have like a $3,000 PC mm-hmm. uh, or being that middle player where it comes out and surprises everyone and it's like $600 and people are like, oh, that's interesting, you know, something like that. Um, so we'll see if they're able to hit that. I doubt it, but we'll see. Um, I, I, I have a feeling that at this point, it feels like PlayStation needs a win and I think they're probably going to come in and if they're able to do that, I mean, the VR market is huge as anyone who has played Beat Saber knows and that's like, you know, that's, I think that's keeping meta in business at this point. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm excited, man. I, I really, I was not a believer in VR. Like I was bad mouthing VR for like five years. Cause I was just like, dude, I've played all like those you. games that they kind of suck. They're, they're demos. That's what they felt like to me, like tech demos. And then I played half-life Alex and I was like, okay, I take it all back. Like this is real, you know? So I really like VR. I, my, my tilt is that I'm a, I'm a VR dreamer on this stuff. And I, yeah. what do you, what do you, what games do you like? Cause I know you haven't played Alex. What are the things that make you believe in it? In VR? Well, I mean, yeah, I think you'd probably describe them as demos, right? So I really like the star Wars thing that they did with Darth Vader, Vader. Immortal. 
yeah, I really like what they did. What what actually Rocksteady did right at the top with their uh, Arkham Batman. thing, which is like an hour and a half. But it's, that one that one really feels like a demo to me. Vader Immortal, it gets close to feeling like a game, but yeah, I, I still was yeah. sort of a, a pessimist on that one. To me, you're paying a, a very small amount for what amounts to you know like theme park level immersion uh, if you if you do it right, and so that's kind of like where it lives to me. Um, and so I, I really enjoyed those. I, I really enjoyed some of the early stuff, but Battlezone, I really liked. I, I really enjoyed a game that I don't know how many people have played called uh, The Invisible Hours, uh, which was done in VR, and you just follow people around a house and, and watch mysteries and solve them and, and those kinds of things. It's not really a game. I'm sure that you would say it isn't, uh, but it is an interactive experience that was like just really enjoyable and immersive, uh, and that was cool, right? Like that's something different. I, I don't. I don't have find you played, the um have you yeah. played uh uh what is it? I think I think you should die. I expect you to die. Oh okay. yeah, sure. Yeah. Sure. I, I, I really like those. They were a little too simple. So they're I mean, a little too simple, but they're they feel more like games to me. Like I think Oh, they're, they're definitely games. Too, so. Yeah. Yeah, definitely yeah games. but I wish it were more compli- uh complicated. Uh that game. Did you play the sequel? I, I expect you to die too. Yeah. So that one I think that one gets a little more complicated. So yeah, I'm looking forward um, to that. Yeah, there. Uh, th- th- since I played Half Life Alex, I've then got into more VR and I played stuff like a Sandwich Tale and Demio and uh, uh, some other stuff. And I, I've been like, okay, I was wrong. Like, there are some good games here. There's some art here for sure. Um, but yeah, I, I still think that we're waiting for, you know, Valve, their whole thing is they take forever to come up with a game. But when they do come up with a game, you're like, oh, so this is what games will be like in like eight years. You know what I mean? Like, this is, <laughs> this is the potential uh for they kind of they kind of are the pathfinder and so i see half-life alex as like a ticking time bomb everybody's looking at that game and going ah so like let's do that like how do we get to be able to build that level of experience and so i'm really hopeful that you know in in maybe four or five more years we'll be at the point where every game is at that level and that that is just kind of expected from from uh, the industry um but yeah, I, I I'm 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 excited, man. I I'll probably buy the 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 Pro actually, the Quest Pro because you I've been so? waiting. I've been waiting for a high end VR headset that is untethered, and if I'm able to use it, if I'm able to wirelessly link it with my PC, connect it to Steam, and do stuff like that, or at least gain access to uh, games that are at the level of my Valve Index uh, without the tether, I mean. That's huge. I so I my situation. Again, I don't think it's got process. I don't think it's actually got processing. Got processing the, stuff. The we'll two. see. We'll see. I mean, <laughs> I, I need to look at the specs. I've not done my research on this because it's been a pretty busy week. But my initial kind of glancing over the announcement was okay, fifteen hundred bucks, an extra five hundred dollars to get another v- high end VR headset, except for this one's untethered. I like that. I'm interested. Uh, if so you we'll go in on it. that, Travis, I want reports because I am a VR believer. I love that stuff. And I think I will give you, is awesome. But yeah, I, I, I mean, I do think I do think that the PSVR two is seeking to have the higher the higher tech, the the, the better technologically advanced games uh, than true. the Quest it, line it, right now. If it is tethered, it will be a limited success in my book. And I think they said it is tethered or no? It is fully tethered. No, it I think it's a mistake. Tethered, I thought so. That yeah, I think that's a mistake. And here's the advantage the PSVR two will have, even if it is at a similar prices like the valve index the valve index is still more expensive because you have to own a high-end pc you have to own at least a 2500 pc like that's the minimum you're going to be able to get into to run the the games at, at the level that you would want to run them so you're not throwing up when you do vr 
uh, like I am prone to do, by the way, my review of No Man's Sky on VR, I, I've had two vomiting sessions uh, during that review. Um, nice. So, yeah, it can be brutal if you don't have the, the right frame rate or uh, tech. Because I, I reviewed that on the PSVR 1, which is not a good headset. It's just it's game too can throw you. It, yeah, the, the games the games give me a brain headache, and then I throw up. So it's the, you um, could tell right when the PSVR one came out that their tracking wasn't good enough. Yeah, like, exactly. You, you had it, this. Uh, it, made, of- it made you feel desynced from your own body. Yeah, it's yes. really bad. Um, so I think the the PSVR two's biggest advantage is that you connect it to a PlayStation Five and not a super expensive PC. That's the advantage. But if they could do that, if they could make it untethered and play be in the playstation ecosystem i would be uh i would be a playstation vr main you know they they might need something like alex they need something like what i usually consider avatar was for like 3d movies that that completely ran that any interest in that technology for like three solid years before they before they gave up on it was because it existed and if you can have something where it's just like well you gotta you absolutely have to try this and it takes a psvr too I mean, like that's that's what it needs. Um, yeah. Dan, when are you getting into VR? Are you excited about <laughs> Quest Pro? Do you already have one on pre-order? Yes. No. Nope. Okay. Yes, so no. yeah, our like my VR experience has been kind of similar to Ains's. We both kind of got the <clears throat> excuse me PSVR it went on sale like in you know two or three years ago, where it was like you had this huge bundle, and it was like, oh yeah, we're gonna get this. And then initially, I was like, man, this is amazing. My son has a a Vive. My other son has a Quest. Uh, so we we, we kind of a Quest Two or whatever it is, the newer one. And you know, I, I've dabbled into stuff. You know, I, I've done a couple reviews. Uh, I've fallen down while wearing a headset, so I can't do that anymore. Uh, that was <laughs> it. Was that stupid Spider Man tech demo where you're like on top of a roof and I literally turned around like my whole body and I looked down and it was the street, you know, you're on top of a building. I, I, right my I have a VR hilarious story as well. <laughs> oh man. It was, it was bad news, but I've re- I reviewed a few games for the VR. I think Vader was one of them. Uh, I think that had a lot of potential. I, I, I played uh gosh, what was the one with was some kind of bullet game where you, you know, had a uh. story. Uh, it and was um, based in London yeah. or London's Sony Studios in London. Did it? I can't remember. Oh yeah, that's uh, blood and blood and something. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, it's blood and truth. Yeah, that might be it. Yeah, that was a fun game. I, I played it sitting down the entire time. Like I can't that's play VR. Right. You ever hot VR type games? Where I played super gun. Yes, and, yes. It bugs the crap out of me. Yeah, <laughs> my my hand shakes like that. You know, normally. Just normal. Oh, it's, yeah. just, it's immersive. It's yeah, all right. Immersive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's like this, not, you know, I don't think it interests anybody, maybe my older son, but you know, I, I don't think he's, he wants to go that far. And I, you know, I, I don't know what the professional use is. Is it like, you know, I saw some stuff, I think from Microsoft where it was, you know, doing stuff in hospitals with like, you know, surgeries and stuff like that. Is that this kind of thing is, is, is that what it's going for? Or is it because I, I there's yeah, like Travis said, there's a middle ground somewhere. Right. And I guess they can go backwards if they wanted to, you know, and, and it's like, OK, here's our high end stuff. Now we're going to give you like the middle stuff. And then, you know, the quest two is going to be the lower end. Um, but I don't know, man. 
it's it's one of those things where it's just like I think it's still a little bit niche, but at the same time, I can see I, you know I, I enjoy it to a to a point. Um, you know what had uh, VR Hitman Three on PS4. There you go. So uh, not great at all, but you know it was there. So, but yeah, it was it was pretty bad. But I don't know, man. I'm I'm not ever been like a huge VR guy. I've enjoyed my time with it. This seems outrageous to me, but you know, I, I don't this know, is man. you right here, right, Dan? This is with the with the headset on. Yes, looking at the stock reports. I would be on the floor, actually. <laughs> that that's what that would be me, and probably vomiting. Well, you could still something. see the outside world, right? Like the, the this is their this is the one of the sales pitches for the Quest Pro is that it's it also does that thing that the Hololens used to say, right? It's it's augmented reality as well. So, so it's this like minority can just see the world. Yeah. yeah. They just happen to have floating screens in front of them. That would be cool, man. I mean, I I just don't, I just don't see. I mean, obviously, fifteen hundred dollars is a lot of money, especially these days. And so, you know, for those hardcore people like Travis, I think it'd be awesome. Um, I I encourage you if you have fifteen dollars, hundred dollars sitting around, it's probably the best that you're going to be able to get. So, you know, as far as the PSVR two goes, that's another one. I'm going to be like, let's see how it, let's see what it does. You know listen to people like Travis that have the experience before I even start delving into this kind of stuff, you know, cause I'm That's already I'm here for, yeah, I'm a, I'm already, you know, I, I, I fall down like just outside of VR sometimes. We don't have know? that so, IGN I mean, money, Dan. Right. Yeah. You know, everybody's flush with cash and games journalism. We know yeah, this for sure. To be fair, yeah. to be fair, I, it, you know, this is a work expense. Yeah. So I'm not, <laughs> even better. Let's see if I can um, that one. Yeah, uh, I, I, I can I can relate with you, Dan. Uh, I once pl- while playing uh, Half-Life Alex, you know, it's a shooter. So you have to like search for ammo in like the levels. And I like got down on all fours to look under the bed and I to see if there was some ammo under there, because sometimes they hide it like in the world. It's like super immersive. And then as I, I was like, all right, there's no ammo down there. And as I tried to get back up, I tried to yes, push down on the bed the to one. get myself oh, up. Man. Yeah, and it's like I just completely something. went whoonk and just you know shoulder into the ground. <laughs> it was so bad, and I was like, "Of course the bed doesn't exist, you idiot!" <laughs> like I just got lost in it. I got caught yeah. up in the game. So, so, yeah, so are no. you, do you have one of those treadmills too? That you've got no, all this the, other the, stuff? So the thing I have is I. So this area I'm currently recording in is normally a big empty area, and I use it as my. This is my office. So the. The other half of the room is like a you know 85 inch TV with all the consoles connected to it and all my recording gear where I do my reviews and then right here is a big empty area where I do VR because the, I clean up this uh, this recording station after I'm done doing shows and my uh, VR thing snakes up to the ceiling and then the cord hangs down from Jeez, above man. me and so I can I can basically play without having to worry about the tether and then I have a big open area where I can kind of you know, do VR. So that's you have those, like sensors in the corners of your room and stuff. Yeah. Or? And then I have the sensors yeah. here and there son has for, for VR. Yeah. So I had, I like went out of my way. This was actually my COVID project. Everybody else was learning like impressive skills and languages and stuff. And I was just setting up my VR setup so that I could do this Maybe. sort of stuff. So uh, yeah, it, it's uh it's definitely not like what the average person would play as. And I think that's the big, Somebody in the comments, I think we have a super chat that's like, we what's do. the main thing holding VR yeah, back? Let's talk um, about it. And I, I can, I think we're naturally sort of going into that. I think the big problem is that like 
good VR is unattainable to the average person for a variety of reasons. There's the space reason where like you actually need a space to play it. There's the price reason, which is like to do VR. Well, you have to not only pay a lot for the equipment and the hardware that it's connected to, uh, but also the games are pretty expensive. A lot of them, uh, that, that, that makes it kind of a high barrier of entry. Um, it, there's there's just a lot of it a, a lot of problems and then there's like the the stuff you don't know like when you first start doing vr it can be off-putting just because like setting up vr can be a, a huge pain in the ass like you don't really understand if you've got a tethered vr machine that's that's really uh advanced you have to figure out the sensor mounting and you have to figure out how to set up a, a border for yourself um i think only really the meta quest has the user experience nailed down and i think that's why it's been so successful because creating a a guardian for yourself as they call it is super intuitive and then starting to kind of just jump in and play games is is intuitive the biggest problem with facebook is that it's owned by facebook and they kind of suck as a company and everything about their uh, platform is like hey connect it to your facebook account and then we're going to interrupt you playing beat saber working out last night so that we could tell you to you know connect your horizon account or whatever and it's just it does all this stuff that just really annoys the crap out of me so um yeah i just i think um like there's an opening right now that playstation could fill and i would love to see them do it because i think they're the right company to do it um i i will say the other thing that scares me about vr developer interest in developing for the platform which has declined it was ramping up for a while and then there's been a big drop off and i think it has to do with the fact that there's not really any platforms developers trust and i think that they're resisting putting their time into it right now and waiting for for an opening to exist and there's there's been a i don't want to get into it but basically there's a bunch of stuff going on in the industry right now where developers are kind of pulling out of vr and kind of waiting to see what happens and that makes me sad because I, I thought it was finally getting somewhere interesting. So Oh, I put that not, right yeah. at the feet of Sony. I know sure. people come in and be like Xbox or whatever. I don't care. Uh, Sony had a product in PSVR 1 that while imperfect, I enjoyed. I had a number of experiences that I liked. And then while they were making the PlayStation 5, they decided that they wouldn't put the proper ports and reads and things like that so that you could play your PlayStation VR 1 through a PlayStation 5 if you have a certain setup. And I can't remember... The actual specifics of what you needed a dongle, the dongles, everything. I missed yeah. out on the dongles, you know, whatever it is that essentially my PSVR one library went fallow. There's no interest in buying them from me because my PSVR one helmet sits unhappily not being used. And I said, all right, I'll wait for PlayStation VR two to come out because surely, surely the hardware that has the number two is going to use the library and it doesn't have to enhance it. It doesn't have to do anything like that, but they'll figure out a way to bring over the, the many dollars that I have spent on PSVR 1 that they killed off early to transition to the next generation of consoles, which they didn't even provide to everybody because of legitimate reasons out in the world. And nope, when PlayStation announces that they won't be supporting the PlayStation VR 1 libraries, it's like, developer, what do you want a developer to do, right? They get cut off on the knees to go in. They get cut off on the knees to the next generation. If I'm a developer, I would say it's stupid to have to... Yeah. Put your flag in a platform that these tech companies kind of maybe don't know what they're doing with. Yeah, I think that a lot of developers see a bubble because they see Meta, which is a a company that is poised and famous for blowing up stuff that they acquire. 
possibly doing that. They see PlayStation kind of showing that they don't really believe in the platform, at least for a couple of years there. We weren't really sure what they were, what their messaging was. And I think uh, that like, just look at the companies that the developers that went all in on developing games for the connect, like look at those guys and talk about their horror stories. And the fact that a lot of them got their legs cut out from under them uh, that, that affected their business. Some of, those, some of those companies went out of business. I don't think Milo existed, but I'm talking about like uh, harmonics, you know, like they had dance central, which is one of my favorite connect uh, games. I'm a bit of a connect apologist. I think harmonics is part of the 10 cent Epic Alliance. They are part I mean, of our coming army now, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, uh, I, I think uh, there's a lot of developers that were doing amazing stuff. What's that game that it was the last Connect game to ever come out? It was a platformer um, that I think I think IGN gave it like a nine or a ten out of ten. It was like an amazing. There's a there's a really good Connect game that came out at the very end of Connect's yeah. life. I'm gonna look it up because I've I've played that game multiple times. It's one of my favorite games. Uh, uh, let's see. I uh, I played Disneyland Adventures on Connect. I played that bad. Uh, Han Solo yeah. musical game. Also bad. I think that was the same game actually that you just mentioned. It oh no, you're right. It was Connect game. Star Wars. It was a it's separate game. game. I, I've um, never. Yeah, I don't know if I played many at all. I mostly. The game was called Fru. F R U. F R U. It was called Fru. It was a, It was a, It was like a labor of love by a small developer, and they 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 had been working on it for years. And the the Connect had already announced that it wasn't going to be a thing anymore. And they they were like, "Well, let's just finish the game and put it out there." And it came out, and the people who actually played the game were like, "Dude, this was amazing!" Like, you know, like it kind of showed the potential of the Connect right as the Connect went away. Uh, but if you have you know an old Xbox One or uh xbox 360 even lying around and you want to play a connect game that's that's amazing um through is is a fantastic game came out in 2016 good to know yeah so I anyway, I anyway my point is there's a parallel there for like a bubble that people put a lot of eggs in and then it exploded and and kind of back you know it, it screwed up everything and so i think there's a lot of developers that legitimately are interested in the tech but are looking at it and just being like like who's the champion of this? You're I don't beholden want to it your to be tech meta. masters, right? Yeah. Google shows that it doesn't believe in anything for four minutes. Sony is doing whatever they're doing. Facebook, I'm getting into bed with Zuck. No, so I'm like, I don't blame developers for that because essentially yeah. you can just depend on a flat, you know, flat screen uh, video game and get it out through normal means because you know the game passes, the subscription services, the cloud services are still just variants of what we're used to. VR yeah. is different. And to, yeah. to answer this question, Dan, do you want to read this one? I know yeah. we're already answering it, but yeah, we got it up. Uh, Google Man eighty one uh, five euros. Is that right? Uh, what, from your perspectives, are the main factors still holding VR back besides Meta as either the monopoly or not present, depending on your location? <laughs> yes, I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Meta sucks. I don't know that anybody is just a true Meta fan. Man, Meta, I I hear that, and that's yeah, I'm excited. So you know, Meta part of part of what we're going to talk about is like they've, they've put all this money in, right? You've got articles now talking about billions of dollars of burn for a metaverse that they're trying to build that they think VR is necessary for, which I actually argue on that point there, but that I, you just don't know. I, I don't know if meta is going to be around because they're making such silly decisions. Honestly, um, they're burning through so much money and they've tried to pivot away from their main product. I, I don't, I don't know that I believe that meta is a, good, well-run business organization. I, I feel like it's more easily explained as they got first mover advantage with that strong network effect product. 
Uh, and they did well with it. And as they try to move into the land of actually making other things, I don't know that this is, I don't know that they're the good keepers of this. Um, so I think that's no. a problem. And in the well, home, if Oculus, if Oculus were independent or got acquired by not Facebook, I, I think we'd live in a different VR universe. Yeah, I really I, do. The quest is magic. The quest is magic. And I don't know that Facebook knows what to do with it. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, the other thing I would add to, the, to this entire conversation, I think, Travis, you had a thousand good points, mm -hmm. is that in the home, VR is tremendously isolating, right? For that immersion, you have to go in your bubble. And for the average person living their life, uh, that is you're, you're spending political capital <laughs> to play VR in a way that you might not be if you are playing a game on the TV and you're still moderately present uh, in the in the household conversation. So I think VR is that kind of thing you have to schedule. Yeah. You have to say, I'm going to go do this. Um, almost it's, like you're leaving the house. To, to I think to translate, if you're playing a video game on a television, you're just the dad on the couch. And if you're playing VR, you're an absentee father. That's what it's like <laughs> at that uh, point. Because you're just you're somewhere else. You might as well be at the bar. You know what I mean? Like you can't really. And I think I think true. some stuff is, is like they added transparency <clears throat> to the MetaQuest semi recently, which means that you can see the outlines of things that are in the room. So if other people are trying to talk to you or whatever, they can be there. And so I've had my fiance walk by me and I'm like, Hey, what's up? And I'm able to talk to her with the thing on my face. Right. That's they love that cool. too. Cause they think they're invisible. They think they're invisible <laughs> and you go and you talk to them and then they're like, Oh, he noticed me. And I, I think, uh, the the uh, MetaQuest Pro also has like a more advanced version of that feature where it has full transparency and you can see the world around you is kind of mm -hmm. so I, I think there's options there but that's a huge point like like the fact that it takes you out of your world and means that you can't really interact with other people unless they're also wearing a headset and joined a game with you separately which is a its own kind of which is still yeah. weird because it's still like you went somewhere else to do it the only concession I have to it I do recommend is if you can get the open air headphones um, that that is helpful. To, to not being yelled at. This is just yeah, my yeah. pro tip uh, for, for people uh, in, in VR. Uh, we do have a super chat from Gecko Gamer. Yeah, with two euros. I can't believe that Meta tried to hype up legs. I don't know what right. legs is. Okay, they, so uh, in, their horizon, were, yeah. in their main product in, in the metaverse, they were little hovering like meeples from a board game. Uh, um, and they, they added legs. And then that they were like, look at us go. It's like, yeah. yeah, I get it, but you look like Second Life. I don't know what to tell you. I'm glad you're figuring this out, Meta, but come back to us when the thing looks decent. That's really what they went with, huh? It That's is. Yeah, you yeah. know, here's the thing: with, the biggest thing with VR, and I think you guys said it a thousand. Yeah. It, it's the price. It's the it's the price for entry. It's the it's the it's the onboarding people onto this stuff that you know when you have gamers anyway have so much to choose from outside of VR. And to Travis's point, you know, if the developers are kind of being hesitant as far as, you know, going for it, then, I mean, there's, there's, and you, if you're paying $300 minimum, 400 now, uh, or whatever they raise the price to just for your base unit, um, it, it's, it's just hard, you know, and, and it's, when I say it's niche, it's not because I think it's a bad tech. I think it's just because people are having a, you're, they're having problems getting people to do it. Um, Absolutely, and it's just, and I think, I think it's that's great the point. biggest thing. And, and I think it's a great point. And I think I think Microsoft is a part of this story as well, because Microsoft is trying to get hardware agnostic. They want you to be able to get Game Pass on that advanced refrigerator that you're that you have, right? So this VR is the exact antithesis of what Microsoft is looking to move into from the consumer side. They don't want you to need anything. 
you can't see an easy way for them to use Game Pass or subscription services or game or games that you don't otherwise have to pay for on pieces of hardware that you don't own. So this is a specialized piece of hardware. Microsoft wants to move against that, which means they're investing against that, which means that there's actually a push against VR in a very interesting way. Uh, and, you know, Microsoft continues to cover the sun uh, in, in its news items. We'll talk about Microsoft a little bit later in this episode. Uh, but I, I think that's an interesting part of when I don't think Microsoft cares one way or the other about VR, but their entire business model depends on you not needing anything, putting it on your TV, putting it on your phone, putting it on wherever. You can't fake VR. You need something that gives you glasses. You need some goggles. Uh, and so I think Microsoft will continue to try to downplay VR as useful. And that's a loud voice yelling that from the heavens. Yeah. I don't know if they're actually downplaying it as useful. I think that they're ignoring it because they learned a uh, very expensive lesson from Connect. And to their credit, I think it's actually worked out that they just sort of avoided it because with all the kind of rockiness that's happened, I think if Microsoft were in there with its own headset, it would be kind of, again, it would be noisy as heck, but I, I don't think that they would have helped the situation. I don't think the champion of the very dead Connect is the person you want as champion of VR. And so I think uh, they kind of have to sit this one out they're they're in a timeout for peripherals i think <laughs> like at this point like that's really what it's about so i i, I think I, it's really you can't sell game pass into it right like you just it's not easily sold into it because you need a separate piece of it. the entirety of their model is you don't need anything yeah do you, you have a pc already you want yeah. do you have a tv already do you have a phone already you know it's we'll yeah. figure it out we'll get you these games we'll figure it I out do, i do think Hogue, that there's a uh there's if they're being consistent with their argument, if they're playing the the infinite game with with their kind of you know what they believe in, there's a oh you own VR headsets, well we want you to be able to play on those too argument, you know, and so I think we'll see how much they actually believe in that when they start talking about it, which I assume when the PSVR comes out and if uh, headsets and and VR ends up ramping up again in terms of its development, they'll probably talk about it. But yeah, I would agree they're probably holding the uh, the the industry back but i don't think it's out of a god we hope vr doesn't exist or doesn't succeed i think it's a they're on a timeout like they just they know that they can't be the champion for it right now because of their track record with peripherals and i think that is a smart idea and also kind of hilarious to me <laughs> so all right we do have a super chat i think you're oh exactly boy. right Ains, uh that we have to talk a little bit about economics here so yeah Dan, why yeah. don't you read out who it's from and yeah. what it says and we'll talk about how Super chats work for a second. Yeah. So uh, Porsche Power, uh, our good old buddy Ains, with the uh, $10.999 Super Chat, uh, which is essentially five bucks, BitCast exclusively in the metaverse in 2023. Love you all. Heard Andor was bad. So rewatching Halo on my trip instead. That's terrible. Now, just, really so, just so we're clear on this Super Chat. Yeah. Book. Ains likes to throw bombs because he knows in the, in the direct messages, one of the few things that Travis and I agree on is that Andor rocks. So he likes to throw these things in. But in so doing, he decides to make a $3 donation to YouTube because this yeah. is his channel. He yeah. has paid himself. And, you know, you can't beat the VIG. So yeah. YouTube just takes $3 of this for saying, hey, cool, cool beans, man. Yeah. Maybe he's I, 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 I messaged I what's know. the opposite of tax dodging. He's yeah. just uh, <laughs> forcing himself to pay more taxes on income and also a fee to YouTube. It's hilarious. Uh, I love um, it. Ains. I hope you're having fun. Also, that is a ridiculous statement at the end of this super chat. Andor yeah. is maybe the best Star Wars in 
uh, decades. <laughs> it's Uh-oh. pretty good. Uh, also, uh, uh, rewatching Halo is not a sentence anybody has ever said. That's not a phrase that exists. So um, that's all I have to say. Yeah, go home, you crazy, drunk. man. Dan. <laughs> Gecko Gamer with the five euros. Uh, I would argue that Connect was a total failure. Uh, the device still sees use in industrial environments as it is a cheap stereo camera. I think he might have wasn't was not. Yeah, I think he meant to say wasn't a total failure. I gotcha. So uh, yeah, I I I would say that if your main use for your uh, consumer facing uh, entertainment device is that you're being used in industrial environments as a cheap stereo camera, that you were probably a total failure. That would be my. (laughs) You know what I really loved on the Connect? I really loved whatever algorithm it had for kind of zooming in on you and being able to kind of move around during like a, whatever the equivalent of FaceTime was that they called it. It was uh, was impressive. It was uh, Skype because Microsoft bought Skype at the time. Mm. Yep, that's right. Yeah. It was their Skype connection, but it was cool. Uh, which is hilarious. P- Skype, uh, Skype is now a verb that everyone uses to describe their Zoom calls. Um, I'll Skype you. You know, maybe in San Francisco. No, uh, it's it's mostly old people. Uh, now we just say Zoom, but uh, yeah. Um, the yeah, I uh, I I liked the signing in by raising your hand. That was my favorite feature. Yeah. You know, you'd be on the Xbox dashboard and you'd just be like, hey, and then it would sign you in and then you'd be like, okay, cool. Pause button that was like, hold it down and to the side. The connection yeah. is so bad. But Dance Central, I have actually replayed Dance Central in the past 18 months. I like re-hooked up my Xbox 360. And would you like to be connect. a fly on the wall of Travis's life? Like what day Dude. you wake up and you say, you know what? Connect Dance Central. Dude, Dance Central is a great game and it has a good storyline. I will repeat, Dance Central has a good story in it. And if you played the game, you'd know that. I own Dance Central. I never played it very much. Okay. That's a weird. Okay. I I, I don't think I have a connect in this house. Which game? Which Dance Central? Dance Central Connect. Oh, the first one. Yeah. Is there another one? Yeah, there's three. Well, there's actually four Dance Central. Five Dance Central games. There's five Dance Central games. Let me walk you through Dance Central's. There's Dance Central 1, Dance Central 2, and Dance Central 3, all which released on the original Kinect for the Xbox 360. Then there is Dance Central Spotlight, which released on the Kinect 2.0 that launched with the Xbox One version and was their software as a service Dance Central game. And then, of course, there's Dance Central VR, which released actually somewhat recently on VR headsets and is kind of a dancing game and also a dating sim uh kind of weirdly uh kind of pivoted in their in their direction there um but uh dance central one was basically a very bare bones but interesting idea for a dancing game two was a great game and it added a story that's actually surprisingly good and then three is a time travel like uh based game where you're going back in time to like save all the dance eras from being annihilated by the bad guy uh and it's it's actually a, an amazing game uh if you haven't played it so dance central two and three goaded you should play them if you have a if you have a, three you have a connect, connect line yeah. and yeah. my connect that i bought with the one when they were mandated broke down died really I, oh yeah oh, wow. it completely busted and Whoa. I cared so little about it. I didn't even seek a, didn't even seek a refund or recompense. Wow. Completely. I'm, broke. Yeah. I'm not sure many people you convinced to go pick up Dan central, but I'm guessing it's like two. <laughs> well, <laughs> if yeah. I, if I can convince even one soul to treat themselves to one of the greatest, immersive, 
games. That's it. I, that, I've that is that's it's what matters. Worth it. yep. It's worth it. All right. So the other aspect of this, we talked about it. Let's just hit it real quick. Uh, one of the things I tweeted when this happened for the Quest Pro was, well, Sony appreciates you get doing the big favor for them because their price is going to look more reasonable, whatever it is, uh, it, with $1,500 otherwise out there. We've been told by Sony they're going to launch this thing early next year. That's what they're aimed at, at least. What What do you think the price point of this bad boy looks like? I'm just going to throw this out there. I'm going to say six fifty. You That's- think it's going to be more than the base PlayStation 5? Yes. I think it will be also. I think it's going to be five ninety nine. Okay, I would say if either of those answers, it's it's dead on arrival. I don't think um, so, actually. I think five ninety nine would be the best price it could come at because my problem with it being four ninety nine is that I don't think the headset would be particularly good, uh, especially for a wired headset. Uh, and the fact that the PlayStation Five is not as powerful as a high end PC that would have to run a one thousand dollar headset. I think if they go one thousand dollars and are trying to compete with the Vive and the uh, the Steam Index, the Valve Index, they're going to be dead on arrival because they're competing with a market that is for people who want to buy or already have a high-end PC and are just throwing VR on top of that, which is a very different market. I think if they manage to fill that middle pocket of people who want VR, but they don't want a cheap toy like a wireless headset and they are want to use the existing power they have from their console, I think that'll be awesome. I think it really will be. Uh, I, I, I mean... Maybe there's people who know more than me and there's a reason there's not that middle tier headset that's priced in the middle. But I honestly think that that's what the industry has been missing. Um, and I think if the, if the experiences are right for that, PlayStation has been investing in VR. They have several VR studios. They've even acquired more recently. Uh, I, I think it could be huge. So, But doesn't, it, we'll doesn't it kind of become not a middle tier headset price when you have to add in a PS5 too? So now you're already up. I don't think that's fair when I see that online because you got your yeah. PlayStation Five for a different reason, right? Yeah, hundred I mean, percent. But, by, but by if that logic trying then, to get into VR, that's probably not the route you're going to go. Well, the the logic there then, Dan, is that if 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 people have that opinion, then they should be consistent about that opinion for all the PC headsets. Yeah, PC exactly. Headsets. Yeah. But the buyer costs four thousand dollars or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. And <laughs> even if you own a MetaQuest Two, if you want to play high end games, you have to connect it to your gaming pc which costs two thousand dollars at least so i would say uh that's not really a consistent argument and i think it's way easier to just buy a ps5 than it is to acquire a high-end pc if you don't have one already so i think the idea is no that's true well i'm gonna put my stake in the ground on this okay and it's it's 399 it's 400 for the for the psvr2 i do not see them going above it Ooh. why why I mean, because I mean, they I, want to I sell understand. units. You're, you're, yeah, you're, you're entering that, into no an way. apocalypse of an economy already. You've, no you've, you've got to put these things into PlayStation 5s that you've struggled to get into people's mm-hmm. homes already. Uh, and I think if you want to have that kind of market penetration that Sony at least is projecting as it wants, then 600 is just, you're never going to get that. I know that Travis is like, $1,500, I can put that together. The rest of America is not. No. So... We're we're looking at dollar bills differently, I think, which is fine. That's that's the nature of always arguing about these prices, right? In terms of oh, so that's too much for seventy dollars. Things like The Last of Us is that money is subjective, and you can never kind of argue that point across people, but you can argue it in the aggregate across markets. And if you're looking at Sony and they want to have a market for this thing, six hundred dollars, I think, kills it in its crib. 
Mm. I'm not saying it doesn't. I'm just saying, seeing how they, you know, they operate, I, I would, I would, no way it launches for under probably five, maybe six. All right, and, no, and, clip this out, people. Put this yeah, in the way. chat because they're going to have a number of some kind. My bet is three ninety nine. My my vote is not about economics because I don't think Sony cares about economics uh, no. too much, and I think the recent history that, shows that, that, that shows in their economic, you know, correct. management. Correct. Correct. Uh, and I also don't think that it's because they're a shitty company. I, I don't I don't have Dan's reason and I don't have your reason. Hoke. My reason that I think it'll be five ninety nine is because I've looked at the tech and it's very ambitious and I don't think they could do it for three ninety nine. So I think it'll probably be, you know, if they, they do four ninety nine, that would be amazing. The engineering phase. I mean, like I don't and I don't Possibly. know that they didn't. Right. I, I think the tethered is a mistake. I think the killing of the library is a mistake. I think that if you couldn't figure out your engineering problems to make sure that you could bring over that library, then you've made a mistake at the design level. So if you tell me that they designed so much that they can't sell it for less than six, I'm not going to necessarily disagree with you. But then the mistakes were made years ago. Sure. Um, and, you, and you can think that for sure. I, I think um, people who are playing VR are probably at this point still early adopters. I know that's kind of ridiculous because it, you know, there's millions of people out there with headsets, but you know, it's still not exactly the most mainstream, at least the high end. And I think that this is a 599 would be an opportunity for people who, oh, I've already got a PS5. I'm interested in VR. The Meta Quest is probably not my my bag. I want to try have more high end experience. And if the software is there, I think 599 is an attractive price point. It's not if they don't have any software. And to your point, we're losing the PSVR one catalog, which is not a great place to start off. Uh, we don't know not thousands of VR games. Correct. We don't know any like uh, any killer apps that exist for the PSVR two. And what we've seen of oh, there's going to be God of War and there's going to be Horizon and VR are not particularly <laughs> exciting for me. Uh, yeah, exactly. So I, I think their biggest problem will be that if they sell a five ninety nine headset, the price won't kill them the lack of stuff to do on the headset will. And I, right. I don't well, know that they're prepared for that. That's kind of the point, right? Like, you know, historically these companies sell their hardware at not necessarily lost, but not at a huge profit. So I, I don't really know how it works with VR. Uh, so I don't know, maybe, you know, Travis, is, is it the kind of the same, you know, thought process where we just want to get these units into people's hands so that we can sell them the software, but if the software doesn't exist, you know, yeah, it's this isn't this isn't an Xbox or a PlayStation. You know, those, you know, you have at least some kind of backward compatibility. You have, you know, you know that these games are going to come for these these systems. Yeah, with VR, you're kind of like eh, maybe, you know, possibly, yeah. hopefully. I, I think some of these headsets are being sold at cost. Certainly, at the okay. at the at the uh, probably at the best the worst case scenario. I don't think they're taking terrible losses on these headsets though, because they are mostly pretty expensive. Um, and I, I don't know how the meta quest works. The meta quest two is just like a, a, a magical device. Um, but I, I would, uh, I would expect that probably Sony's not going to be taking losses on the PSVR two. Um, and I think that there will, they will need significant software reasons to get people to buy it. Um, and I think, I think honestly, just because my experience with headsets and how astronomically expensive they are, 599 is not, I mean, I don't really blink at that, but I also live in San Francisco. We play with monopoly money. Our salaries are three times what normal people's salaries are. And so are our rents and, you know, bubble gum costs $4 a pack. You know, it just, I, maybe, maybe I'm living in a bubble on this one. I, I just think you're comparing the wrong market for what Sony wants to get in. It's not headsets. It's the market. It's PlayStation players. It's gamers is kind of a more broad base. 
Um, so I, to me, it's you might be exactly right, Travis. I would say that Sony's then very wrong. But if it's six hundred dollars, I think it, it it dies because of all the things that you said, right? You can't get the software and you can't get the developers in if the base isn't there, and it just kind of spirals into death. And they say, oh, we tried, and then we it goes into the long line of a graveyard of technological devices. To me, if Sony wants to get success in VR, they're going to maybe have to eat a bit of a loss if that's what they engineered uh, in order to go and get the base that supports the thing and then work from the market with that. I mean, that's that's how this stuff works. Is Sony going to do that? I don't know. But I do think that the American people, if they look at a $600 VR headset, it's not going to sell a million, let alone the three that they're aimed at. Hmm. I guess we'll see. Yeah. It's That'll just be an thing. And yeah. again, it's and not only is it just an opinion thing, it's like you also have to take into account how stupid is Sony? Did Sony over-engineer it and is willing to sell it at a massive loss that could also cripple their company? company? Do they only sell it at the number that's not going to build the base? Uh, or do you find some happy medium where there's just people with 600 extra dollars that say, yes, sir? I don't know. I don't know. So that's VR. Does anybody else have anything to add before we get into some of the kind of smaller topics? Um, in the world of video gaming entertainment. Uh, I just want to reiterate that everybody. What was that? That was something outside. It was a goat. Uh, he's getting attacked by an elephant. Yeah, um, I think it was a car. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I just want to reiterate, everybody should play Dance Central 2 and 3 and Fru on the Connect. Those are my recommendations. That's if it. If you could find the tech to do it. If you find the tech, play Dance Central 2 and 3 on the 360 and Fru on the Xbox One Connect. That's my... Niche, that's niche entrepreneurial opportunity. Bank there you go. Connect. Licensed with Microsoft for commercial sales. It just makes me so sad, Hogue, because I I know you agree with me on this one that uh, game preservation is like, Mm -hmm. we're in a tough spot as an industry and stuff like that, where it's just like, dude, there was legitimately a great uh, Kinect game that nobody can play. Well, especially with the failed hardware. Like, do you always Mm -hmm. get into those things, right? Like, I joke about it, but like, I loved Burning Rangers on the Saturn. Who even knows what in the world that is? <clears throat> and that's a normal game console. So you start to get into kind of weirder and weirder stuff. I Nobody will ever have an experience like Steel Battalion on the Xbox. Dude, I mean, like, that game was... <laughs> that was weird, but it was sweet, right? I, novelty, variety, excitement. But like, I still have my, my four-panel joystick. Uh, you do? For, yeah, it's in my basement. You, are you serious? You have Steel Battalion? Yeah, I have Steel Battalion. Why is that a surprise? Uh-oh. That's uh-huh. amazing. I mean, I was a kid when that came out, so my uh, obviously I was poor as heck. So my my ability to access that was based on uh, my my brother in, in the military who had you know th- their their squad or whatever had access to one. So uh, you know, I, I got to play that. But yeah, just there were so many things I wanted back in that era that I couldn't have, and that was one of them. So well, it's the same for me. I was a little older than you, but there was at the GameStop. You know, they had a. It had an upper shelf where they kind of kept big statues and things. And there was a steel battalion in a box there that sat there for like, I don't know, two years. Uh, and uh, when I first got my first uh, like like summer lawyer job um, and, and I had a little fun and around money, I said, you know what? That's we're going to go and we're going to pick that up. Um, and so, yeah, I have a steel battalion. Uh, but I mean, like that was that was cool. That was cool. So you, so what you're saying is you were you were a young lawyer when I was in middle school. We'd have to do the math on it, but I think maybe um, not a young uh, lawyer. Yeah. It would have been it would have been before I passed the bar. Uh, so okay. they do summer associateships. Um, but yes, it was it was my first year as a summer associate, uh, and uh, it was like yes, you know, I, 
celebratory. Let's spend, I think at that point it was 150. Um, let's, let's spend that and uh, enjoy. And it was fun. 2004, 2004, Captain Logan says so. But you said it was on the shelf for two years. So it might not have been to you. It might have just felt like that to a younger Hogue. Okay. 2004, I was in middle school. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was definitely, I, I definitely got it there and it might have been my first actual paycheck. So it could have been 2005. So mem- memories, uh, Misty Watercolored memories. Uh, I, uh, it's in that era. I definitely got a check. Uh, and I definitely said, let's spend $150 on it on this really stupid piece of plastic. That definitely amazing. Happened. Does it? It's, it has like a, my I, my memory of that is like almost myth mystical because I just remember playing it like once or twice and being like, oh my god, this is this is what I could do if I had money. And then the capitalism swelled in my my mind and brain, <laughs> and I was like, someday. That's uh, how I felt about those triangular uh, juice pops uh, back when I was a kid. That was what the rich kids had. Um, so <laughs> I it was know like, someday, someday, really. Um, but uh so my memory of it was that there's a button under glass that you use when you're ejecting you have to flip a glass thing it's plastic but yes plastic that's amazing it's a transparent box so jealous so jealous you got to have money during that era because i'll uh, see if i can find it i can box it up for you i doesn't ign have a copy of steel battalion i I think we do yeah there's a there's a room at the ign office called the library and it's basically just like a closet where you enter it and it's just like it's not a closet. It's a, it is like a huge, just shelves of just games and hardware and stuff. And you're just like, oh, first time you go in it, it's like the, the Mecca of game stuff. But yeah, I just, I've never, I've never looked for it. This, this right here from Christy triangular Black. juice pops. I, you guys are old, man. I don't know what the heck that is. <laughs> we're seasoned. Uh, yeah, they were the Capri Sun. Are you referring to Capri Sun? <laughs> They're the ones that were actually marketed as juice. If I can remember correctly, and you—they look like you squeeze them from the bottom, and it's oh, yeah. like a circular top, a kind of. This is what the rich kids had. Yeah. What the I heck are you guys talking about? I was rich. Oh, man, I'm gonna. All right, here, the, here we're, we're coming on in here. I didn't even have access to food where I grew up, so this is <laughs> news to me. <laughs> People were eating triangles you guys of juice. stuff. I didn't yeah. have access to food. Oh, I was eating out of dumpsters. I was a raccoon child. You know, they're, 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 they're these kinds of things. Yep. I have never Minute seen that maids. in my life. I do not. That is crazy. You couldn't yeah. afford these. You, we all had uh, <laughs> we all had the um, the ones like with the little clown on them that are like this. The the ribbons of straight pops. Yeah. That are like nut, juices. Freeze never pops. Touched. Yeah. Freeze yep. pops. There you go. Yep. No, you don't. Triangular juice pops. I guess maybe they're always Minute Maid. I don't know. I always um, remember them being like some kind of real. I don't remember either real of juice. the juice-based pops you guys are talking about. I didn't know this was a problem that we had in the you world. You don't know freeze pops? I don't know what a freeze Where pop is. Where have you now. lived, man? Oh, my gosh. I grew up in Oakland. No, freeze pops. And I, I was extremely poor, so I didn't. Yeah, ice cream wasn't. I think I tasted ice cream for the first time when I was like 19. Get the hell uh, out of here. Flavor, <laughs> ice, popsicle, variety. Yeah, I don't know what that is. All right. Okay. Yeah. Well, this is good. This is good. We're discovering things about each other's seasoning. Yeah, my back just started hurting really bad for some reason. There you go. <laughs> Isn't that the way? Yeah, I think Isn't it's that the way? Yeah, there went my name. Well, in event, the point was the rich kids had the fancy triangle pops. I actually remember some in um kind of like black uh packaging as the ones that were the really expensive ones. So maybe I'll find those for you, Travis. Um, mm-hmm. but otherwise, okay. We're all going to share a triangle juice pop together. That's what we're going to have. We're going to play Steel Battalion. <laughs> we're, we're, we're gonna, what are the other things the rich kids had? We're gonna play Steel Battalion. We're gonna get the fancy bagel bites in the oven. Uh, we're gonna hang out. 
It's going to be great. Actually, it sounds great. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, it does. Uh, sound great. I just bought a bunch of bagel bites, not joking, yesterday. See? At Costco. Fancy. Fancy. Awesome. All right. So we've done our piece with virtual, uh, I almost said legality, but virtual reality. Uh, let's nice. talk a bit about the controversies of the day. So very first top of line here is that uh, if you thought we were over the 30 frames per second era, we are not, as brought to us by the fine folks at Warner Brothers Games, who announced that if folks had expected there to be a performance mode, what we usually use as coding for 60 frames per second, at least in video games for the upcoming title, Gotham Knights, uh, we are mistaken uh, that this game does not have a 60 frames per second option. It only has 30 frames per second. Uh, and there was also some language in their note, and you guys can correct me on this if I get this mistaken, that there was some language in this note that said not... It wasn't quite a causation type statement, but it was, but we still have good stuff like untethered co-op across the entire city, which by proximity, I think is meant to read, this is why you get that good stuff is you got the co-op because we had to sacrifice frames. Um, but you don't get the frames back for solo mode, at least as best I can tell from the statements that they made. So I guess the question I have, so Travis, I know you can't talk specifically about Gotham Knights or how this is implemented, but maybe you could talk about 30 versus 16, how you feel about that in general and, and maybe cooperative gameplay. Dan, I don't know whether, were you going to get Gotham Knights before no. this announcement? No. All right. There was, yeah, this was a kind of a hard pass. Did you like the Arkham games? I did like the Arkham games. Why wouldn't really you play this then? Because you can play it single player. I mean, it's yeah, a I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm more of a Batman fan than anything else. Oh, like, it's the character. Characters. Yeah. It's specifically Batman. Yeah, it's really just Batman. He's really the only person in DC that I actually care about. And I don't really care about him that much. I think it's like everybody but Batman. It's like every other character. Yes. <laughs> it's everyone that I don't care about. Um, you know, it's 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 I wasn't gonna get this. I mean, I think Suicide Squad might be a little bit more interesting to me. Okay. Uh, just based on the characters All? alone. Okay. Um but the, the the problem I have with this, I mean, it is what it is, right? I mean, I I feel like we're at a point now that at least an option for performance mode would be nice. Um, I don't know anything about game dev though. So I, I I'm, I'm speaking, you know, out my butt here. Uh, but I remember back when like the Xbox one came out, right. And it was always, now you can play your games at 4k and this and this and this. And it, it struggled to reach that point sometimes with games. And it, and it was, you know, and then the, the next version of it or whatever it was, because it was, God, I can't even remember. There were so many, you know, it was supposed to be the the one X, right? Was supposed to be like this next level, and I, I feel like it really wasn't. I mean, it really wasn't. You know, and when I see this, it starts taking me back to those times, and I I don't like it because I was when I first got the Xbox Series X, I was reviewing uh, Valhalla at the time, and I was I was I'd already started playing it on the one X, and when I put it in on the Series X to continue. I mean, it was like night and day different. That's a big I was difference. like, oh my gosh. I mean, I, I've never, I don't have a PC so, like, that I play really constantly. So I've never really even seen like 60 FPS or what it could be. And, you know, and in, in, in that vein, you know, of, of entertainment, I, I just never seen it. So I was just like, this is crazy. So now that's like a benchmark for me. I mean, I'm not going to play anything lower than 60. There's no reason to for me. Um, basically standardized right now. I mean, I, right, I, can't, I, would, I can't think of the last one that I had to play at 30. That's you the can, thing, right? 
right now you you usually say okay you want to turn on ray tracing or you want to be a little fancier with the resolution you can go down to 30 but i i i can't think of the last big budget release that didn't at least big have the option yeah. of, i'm sorry big budget release right. yeah major major release yeah the you know I, the game developers can do all sorts of stuff. There's there's probably indie games that play at 12 frames per second. But like of the ones that get the kind of mass advertising, the things that hit the, the top line, the ones that have, you know, IGN first looks. Uh, I, I don't know. I can't imagine the last time that you didn't at least have an option uh, to have a 60 frames per second. So to some extent, that's the market shifted around them. Like, I think this game was being made for a long time. Um, certainly it had a couple of delays in there. Uh, but... It wouldn't surprise me if, you know, regardless of how it reviews, there are at least a couple of people out in the audience that say, nope. I know my brother, for instance, is just like, no, 60 or bust. Like, I just won't yeah, play it. <laughs> I mean, um, I mean, that's what we were sold, though, right? That was the whole point of, you know, getting this upgrade and and, and paying the extra, you know, the, the $500 to get the new console because of the power. You know, it's always and, a spectrum, and, though, right? Well, it's always on, like right. this, in bells, whistles, resolution. Yeah. In this case, Dan, the reason you bought the new consoles is so you could play the game because the game is not available on previous gen consoles. Which after again, it was announced for them, yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, you you can't play it on the previous gen, and I think some people, maybe I'm wrong on this, but I think some people thought when they ditched the old gen that that was to make it so that you could meet the other qualifications that the current big budget games are doing which is I, I think 60 is an expectation at this point and i'm, I'm happy for it to be um and, but i do think it's always a spectrum like it, it, the, the fight was always not do these boxes have more power they do it's that are the developers going to crank up whatever random things they're doing or or have tech that the physics prohibits 60 or whatever it is that they're setting up that that was always a choice right you heard this from really old school like insomniac when ratchet and clank was 60 very early on and they thought that was important for their action game and it wound up looking a little bit more flatly shaded than their competitors at the time is that they, they thought that was important and so they they make it 60 it was always a choice because it presents slightly worse screenshots than you can get with maximum bells and whistles on 30 but i think over this generational transition people have gotten used to it valhalla is a great example dan because that's one of the ones that I remember transitioning to as well, which is like, oh, well, that's that's a vastly different feeling and looking game um, with with 60. Uh, but Travis, is 60 separate from this specific game? Is 60 important to you? Is it a drop dead? You don't seem to have a lot of drop deads, honestly. I don't have a lot of drop deads. And I actually think 60 FPS is probably one of the least important metrics for measuring a game. Um, think okay. about all your favorite games. Okay, I'm thinking about all my favorite games. They don't have 60 frames per second. None of them. I know. That's because, CD, that's because CD Projekt Red keeps delaying my Witcher 3 update. Yeah. Uh, I mean, all, all of your favorite, all of the games on your top 10 list, and probably I would argue most people's top 10 list are not in 60 FPS. And so I think if you're, if you're looking at a game's qualitative, uh, you know, a kind of value, um, 60 FPS has basically no bearing on whether the game is good or bad. And so I think that people who say like, oh, my eyeballs can't handle it. It's like, go drink some water, dude. Like that's like you, you your eyeballs should, water for my eyes, yeah. yeah, your eyeballs should be able to handle that. I, I don't know what's wrong with your body. Uh, but um, so, that said, some games 
don't perform well and don't look good and don't play well if they're in 30 fps so it really just it depends differs from game to game right action games yeah action games if you're you're playing a shooter in 2022 and you have certain standards for the frame rate and you're going for accuracy and twitch shooting then sure 60 fps absolutely uh matters um it, it, it sort of just differs from game to game i will say uh in this day and age a game like gotham knights probably should play 60 i think that's probably what um what the market will expect but i i do not think it really has any bearing on on the game necessarily it just will depend on does the game feel sluggish right does the game feel like it hitches up a lot because the 30 fps sometimes drops down to 15 fps and you kind of lose track of the movement or is it locked into 30 and feels smooth um different different i mean there's a million examples i can point to of 30 fps games that are great uh and that they play well and the frame rate is not a problem and so um i i think uh it matters more to players in their mind than it does actually when they're playing the game i think people people uh shrink at the idea of playing a 30 fps game but if they didn't know it wasn't 30 it wasn't 60 they probably wouldn't be bothered by it um so i don't know well i, I know it's gonna come as a surprise to you travis but i'm gonna disagree entirely i know i know you are <laughs> what? well i well, to me, I actually think the 60 leap is the biggest one. I would ditch resolution. I would ditch ray tracing. I would ditch flashy lights because I do think you say, does it feel sluggish? And yeah, I think that there are developers that are really top of their craft that can do things with motion blurs and like anticipatory button presses and things like that, that can make it feel okay. But on the whole, you compare the 30 frames per second to the 60 frames per second version. Or, or let's say you say people don't notice it. I, I feel like I notice it. Um, 60 feels better. 60 looks better. You immediately notice that it, it feels classier to me. Like it feels like it's more put together. Generally, the world feels more. Uh, it feels less like it's going to fall apart um, than than 30. And that's not every developer. I You know, Naughty Dog lived in 30. That's, that's my point. If, if it's if it's not universally true, it has no value when you're judging games. Like I don't think so you... because I think you could still baseline it. I think you can still say as a general rule, 60 is going to feel better than 30. And so I'm going to start to only limit my kind of initial reactions to 60 until I start getting signal flares from everybody that this 30 feels okay. Yeah. I, I, I think that's fine. And that that's totally within your ability to do it. But I think that if you're evaluating a game and it's goodness, uh, it, it, it's ability to run 60 FPS is irrelevant if it plays well and feels well on 30. And so I think that, um, while people can obviously use it to guide their decisions, it it's not the it's not the rule that makes a game good or not. Okay, it, you know, and so I, don't, I, I, I think the rule. I, I, I will I will say this brother. for a game like Gotham Knights, a AAA game on next gen con- current gen consoles that and with no uh, support of the back gen, n- no support of the back gen that is a probably has a, a small open world that probably should be able to handle 60 fps it not being 60 fps is a bad look and it probably will feel less good than 30 i'm not i'm not denying that i'm just saying that if you're doing what i do for a living which is trying to look at a game and determine its uh, its goodness it, it how, how much uh, joy it brings you versus pain i i think um coming up with hard rules like that and being like oh well it's not 60 so it's clearly a it's you know it loses a point just for that like that's just yeah. an insane way to rule the world to to view the world i think um, i'm talking to you about reviews for just a second um like 
games are weird, right? Because games have an artistic story, action quality to them. They also have a tech quality. Like, do you value those differently? Do you do you try to discount tech when you're evaluating a game as a game? Do you go from yeah. like platonic ideal what is your thought process yeah. there tech tech matters in a review if it is impacting your enjoyment of the game okay. and it certainly can with certain games like if you're playing a game and you're like god this this really is chugging like it needed a 60 fps performance mode then i'll comment on it but okay. you know for the vast majority of the game uh, of games the the tech if it's a good game the tech is built to des- design the game and the th- the frame rate doesn't really matter it it only serves its purpose in supporting whatever experience the game's trying to give you and so uh, you know i I'll, I'll comment on tech if it if it um if it impacts the performance either in a positive way or a negative way okay. um and and that sort of thing so These yeah are things I, I, I wonder I, in the back of my head right because it's yeah like, yeah so I for like Gotham, this game but it's i like this yeah. game but its camera is junk and it's like what do i do with that you know so that and I, I i i just want to say like i know we're talking about gotham knights which is a no game we're not curr- you're not I'm talking curr- about gotham yeah. Knights. i'm currently yeah. playing and i cannot talk about what i think the frame you're rate not, does on gotham Knights. you're not like, talking about gotham knights travis we understood this loud yeah before. yeah i'm just this i'm just game. talking about frame rate in general and my kind of opinions on it and and uh and that sort of thing but i i uh i get why people are raising their eyebrows and are upset and surprised by this I still think that if you're going to be upset and surprised by something about Gotham Knights, I would be way more upset and surprised about the fact that it's a character with four playable characters and it's a two player game. It's a two player game, which blows my mind. It does seem like the marketing should highlight that more. Right? Yeah, I, I like, can't believe I, I feel like most of the market does not know it's a two player game. They think it's like, a four player co-op. Like their game, main huh? their main image is the four of them on the street, right? Like maybe yeah, two, it maybe just two all two. I don't know. All all <laughs> of their messaging makes it look like it's a four player game, and it's not. And I don't think anybody is prepared for that. And so I'm just really like. Uh, th- I, that is the thing I would be worried about more, way more than what the frames run at, you know? So well, I, they did I just, announce, they did announce something with the frame rate, right? They're going to have a, they're going to have like what sounded like a challenge mode. That's going to have support for players. Or yeah, something November like that. 29th, which is over a month after the game comes out, they're coming out with a secondary mode. That's four player, but it sounds like it's maybe just like a combat, like horde mode type. I, I don't really know it's, what it is. They no, neither did I. And they, they keep saying it's a free mode and I couldn't decide whether it's a free add on to players that bought Gotham Knights or whether they tried to make a free to play monetized thing. That yeah, goes with I, Gotham Knights. It it looks like it is free to people who bought the game because I okay. I think I think you can see it in the menu. You can okay. see like the the mode, but it's great. Right, I'm not going to ask you to talk about any other shit you've seen in Gotham Knights. Yeah, I'm okay. not going to talk yeah. about it. I'm not allowed to, but I I will just say that like it is already public information that the game is a two player only game yes, it is. and i i just i feel like people don't know that and that's way way more i didn't big deal. i didn't know that until just like literally right now today yeah. i learned it, it, and i thought I, it was a four player co-op game. it's not a four player co-op game it is a two player co-op game that has four playable characters and you can switch between wow. them and so i just you feel like them nice, but you can never have all four of them out there <laughs> yeah, I, they're the Gotham Knights, and there's always at least two of them just going in the background, going, you know, radioing in to be like, hey, you know, what, what's up? <laughs> How you guys doing out there? It's like, why aren't yeah. they all fighting crime? I don't understand. So what can you uh, do? Yeah, that's what. Wow. So, yeah, to me, like the, the tech, unless it's really egregious, is always like, the, you know, the least important thing to me uh so <laughs> i'm gonna get you heck out of the danger zone travis because we got yeah, other yep. we got other topics to talk about um one of them is and i'd really be interested in what your guys impressions <sighs> of this are 
Um, one of them is, is that the CMA once again went out with like a, a Twitter package about the, the many potential issues they think they could see with respect to Microsoft's pending acquisition, uh, pending question mark acquisition of, of Activision. And I, I know you guys are stuck with me every week. Uh, but certainly this was picked up by a lot of folks as the CMA making certain pronouncements, which I think are a little bit unwarranted, without me saying anything right this second. Did you guys see this news? And what are your overall kind of impressions of that news and thoughts on that news without me speaking first? I'm going to let Travis Damn. go on this one. No, Dan, I, go. I, I literally, I don't even know what the hell you're talking about. Okay. I, 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 I've so blacked totally out. Fair answer. Uh, acquisition stuff it's literally muted on twitter for me yeah. now i can't even deal with it because there's so much garbage dan so, i totally uh, accept i have no idea yeah. as an answer travis did you yeah. see this at all yes i did um i yeah so this is the this is the um the the kind of i, I don't want to describe them as activists but they kind of kind of are, no, they're, they are they're activists I, I, they are active Right. They're, they're not active. a dormant regulatory body. They are yeah, getting so out a regulatory there. body that uh, put out some tweets that uh, seemed like they were kind of um, setting up a maybe scathing kind of interpretation of Microsoft acquiring Activision, which they are a regulatory body. So I assume it is their uh, job, their role in the world to position themselves against large companies getting acquired by other large companies. Uh, that, that's totally it, within their rights. I'll just say my initial reaction to those tweets were that I didn't think that they carried a lot of legal merit, which I think is what we're talking about, right? Like you're maybe, maybe they're, it seems like a little bit of posturing for like, this is bad in general, rather than this is legally not going to be able to happen. And I, to me, like if, if you're trying to actually draw, um, you know, information out of those tweets of like, Oh, is this going to, mean that it doesn't go through at all i'm not sure that it helps you that except for to confirm what i think we already knew which is the general um appetite for this sort of thing among like regulatory committees uh which is that they're not very uh happy about what's happening in the tech world which is not particularly surprising so that was just my initial interpretation of those tweets and i i i kind of just read it as oh it's more noise it's you know it's it's noise from the people that we would expect to make the exact type of noise and so we'll just kind of uh continue continuing on okay i'm I'm just gonna assume they said something to the effect of we're looking at this yeah it was just a bunch of tweets that were basically like here's here's one factor of, of a thing that we think will happen. And here's another factor of a thing we think will happen. And they're all very much like negative uh, toward the acquisition. Well, what, what, what's historically where they, you know, have they, they're, they're always like that. And so that's okay. why it's not surprising. Yeah. I think, I actually think that they had, they had a, a something that where they came out against it and then it was overturned in court recently or something like that. Uh, Hogue, you would know. Something they, more like, they have blocks yeah. before they, well, they tried to block stuff and then it didn't work to. for them. Gotcha. So, yeah. So, uh, well, yeah, we can go over some of the legal uh, niceties here, uh, but one of them is, is that every time we talk about a regulatory body, we're talking about whatever that country's equivalent of the executive branch is, uh, And those can still be looked at by whatever the equivalent in that country's judicial branch is. Uh, and so the CMA has had instances where whatever, I can't remember the name of their British tribunal uh, is saying, no, no, that's not what the statute says. You're, you're reading it wrong and, and we can walk it back. That happens to the FTC. That, that happens to the CMA. That happens to the European Commission even. 
but yeah, I think what happens is, and this is where I really, this is where I kind of smacked him on the nose a little bit on social media. Uh, one, the report that they put out in September is the same as this one, right? And for whatever reason, they double dipped at the well. And a lot of, I'm not even going to call them games journalists, games covering folks uh, took another sip at that well, <laughs> right? They, they said, oh, okay. And, and the other thing that they are doing is that they are framing their findings in what is a phase one review, which is they, this could happen. So we need to look at it further. Like that's the kind of determination you make at this level. They are reporting them themselves. This isn't really the fault of journalists or anybody else. They're reporting them themselves as findings of like final, this is, this problem is going to happen kind of sentences. And that's not even what their actual report says. So you go onto social media and you lose some of that nuance and people of the variety that I think we're all aware of that are one side or the other of this very important plastic box fight. Radicalized um, YouTubers. Radicalized. Okay. Right. No, no, I'm radicalized. These guys are something else are looking at this and saying, um, you know, oh, they found X. And it's like, no, not even they can't. That's not the statute doesn't give them the authority to find that right now. They're going into what's called a phase two. Microsoft responded to it, says they don't even think a phase two should be required. Microsoft is wrong. Basically, everybody is wrong on every statement they're making here. You can just you can go into virtual reality and just watch the series of videos that I make where I say this is this is really stupid stuff from everybody. But I think one of the reasons they did it was one, to get the press coverage that they noted they got in September. Two, is that Brazil had just come out and said the deal is fine. So the CMA wanted to go out there and say it's not fine and for these reasons. Um, and they they said it too strongly. I think so. If you go and you look at my Twitter at Hoglaw, uh, you can go find me saying basically, we look forward to your phase two. Shut up. Um, like this isn't this isn't helpful. You're you're I, I think Travis had the perfect word, which is posturing. It's like you're you're out there saying, Well, look how much we're defending the people and whatnot. And I'm not even sure your phase two is gonna hold water. Certainly, Microsoft appears to be simultaneously prepping for a legal avenue if they need one. Um, and so that's interesting. But I, I was just curious because so many people, and maybe this is a nature of like my position and what I talk about and what people know about me, I got so many messages of so many really large audience people saying like they found this and this specific thing is this. And I'm, and I, so I had to do a number of tweets that is like, no, 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 they're being political. They're being ridiculous. Let them do whatever, but ignore all of this. So you guys were already ahead of the game and I'm happy to hear it, which is Dan saying, nah, it's noise. And, and you, Travis, saying this is what antitrust regulators do. Like, you are exactly where you need to be on this stuff. Um, yeah. But I know that a lot of people aren't. Uh, you know yeah. what helps with that? Watching virtual legality. And, <laughs> oh, really? Uh, Very nice. I'm not even joking. I literally yeah. once watched the uh, Microsoft said what video. Yeah, that you know, was... And it, it was fantastic. So oh, I, I appreciate like, it. All right, good. I can well, as somebody who, unfortunately, I'm sorry, I apologize in advance, who, who has not been following your tweets or your YouTube coverage on this, um, <laughs> uh, I will say uh, that was my impression, but I'm also an industry insider, so I would totally expect the average like consumer of Twitter feeds to see those tweets and just be confused by like okay so does that mean it's blocked or it's like getting closer to get blocked but i just i know politicians well and i just see that and i'm like all right that's just them going like look we're doing our job isn't it yep, great we're doing we're stuff the people yeah yep, we're doing um, stuff it is they are they are yeah. we're we doing stuff tweets you're exactly right travis and the other aspect of it is that people ask me well can britain block it because one of the things that's happening is this particularly large form that i like and an author that i like christopher during at games industry biz keeps going out with the notion that Britain can block it. And so I keep having to answer this question. And it's like, okay, 
So what I believe Mr. Dring is saying, and honestly, tweet me if you're watching this, uh, Mr. Dring, uh, is that practically speaking, Britain is like the sixth or seventh largest gaming market in the world. Microsoft isn't going to want to do this without figuring out a way to allay British concerns, right? And there, there are many different levels of concessions and structures and things that you can do that you can maybe get Britain to the table if they come out of the phase two and they decide that they don't want to do it. The legalities here are if that Britain is the only country on earth that says no to this deal, then no, they don't block the deal. Um, Activision is owned by Microsoft, but Microsoft may not be allowed to sell into that market. And then Microsoft can sell into it anyway and accept the penalties and see you know, if they take those to their courts. Uh, Microsoft can say, we're pulling windows <laughs> from Britain. I mean, like all hell breaks loose if one jurisdiction tries to stop it and basically everybody else is on board. That's why you don't see that happen. Um, But people ask me this question. They say, well, why, you know, Disney bought Fox and then they put all their Fox stuff on Disney plus. Why is, why does this stuff happen? And nobody cares about it. And then people just, they have short memories or they're not following this stuff. And God knows I don't blame them for that. The Disney Fox deal, as an example, got blocked. It was blocked. When we talk about blocking things, it got blocked and they asked Disney for concessions and Disney gave those concessions. They spun off some of the Fox assets. They made certain deals. Um, and, and that is what they got, is they got right. rid of pieces of Fox, right? They or did. They happen. spun them off. That's what I say. Spun them off independently. Yeah. Um, and so um, when I say that, I think this deal is going to go through 70, 30, I, I, that, that includes with concessions that I have kind of framed as Microsoft's probably okay with these give or take, right? Microsoft's clearly okay with X amount of years of call of duty being mandated on Sony because they offered that. So if, you know, the CMA were to say that's what we need to get, that's the kind of thing that Microsoft says, okay, that's within our swim lanes. That's that's why you see them going out in public and making these certain statements is they are projecting to everyone what they are okay with being asked for. Um, and then if the CMA wants to say, okay, we'll, we'll take what Microsoft offers, basically, uh, then that, that all works out. If they don't, then you go court system, then you go real crazy stuff. But no, Britain... Can't go and say this American company can't buy this American company on the whole. That what they can do is they can control the transactions within their jurisdiction. And that can be just as bad. If you imagine that the U.S. was the only country in the world that said no. Well, Microsoft's going to figure that out. Yeah, Microsoft. (laughs) If that happened, Microsoft would probably back down the deal. Well, they'd figure it out. It was their market. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) They would figure it out. I actually think they'd sue the FTC over it. Probably, um, and they'd win. Because I think the FTC has a very weak case on this. I can't speak to the British statutory precedents as well as I can the American ones. Britain usually follows along with America on this kind of question. Uh, but I, I, we have to be honest about my experience. I can't speak to that as much. Um, the FTC is cruising for a lawsuit if they try to block it and just don't concede on, on what would be a kind of normal uh, consent decree. Uh, and so I think Microsoft is, is ready for that if they have to. Because this is a big deal. This is an important deal in their future. Um, but I, I don't think it will come to that. I think I think what we're looking at is the CMA rattling its saber. I would expect the European Commission to rattle it a little bit as well. I think the Federal Trade Commission will also get in basically the same kind of rattling position. And for all jurisdictions, Microsoft will look at trying to figure out a, a consent decree or an agreement that works for everybody at the most narrow way that they can negotiate it successfully to, to operate in all jurisdictions. That isn't sexy, right? What I just said. That doesn't, that's not an outrage title. There's no crazy faces. There's nothing like that when we talk about these things. Um, so I do think that social media and some reporting on it is, um, is clickbaiting. 
Mm-hmm. So that's uh, that's as Ains frames that section. That is as the acquisition turns. Yes. He likes to think of it as a soap opera. I think yeah. maybe as our last subject, I guess we can do this. Well, pretty we, quick. we got we got a quick super chat from yeah, Gecko Gamer. Yeah, uh, five five euros. There it is. Every time I see something about Britain, I just assume the government is still screwing itself in every way possible. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Sounds like a Brit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sounds like somebody's. We all have feelings on our own governments, don't we? That's right. Um, so b- b- before we get into the kind of Bayonetta thing, which I, I imagine you all have thoughts on, the one thing that I wanted to ask is, did you see the Dead Space remake kind of long-form playthrough demo? Yes. Oh, cool. As someone that is um, sensitive in my concerns about remaking games from different studios, what did you all think about it? This is going to make me not play it because okay, I was just hoping, I was really hoping for just a straight across just graphical upgrade. This is one, I don't play horror games, number one, but I played this and it's one of my favorite games. Okay. You know, it's definitely my favorite horror game. And I didn't like, <laughs> like, it sounds like they're adding in stuff that my poor, poor, you know, fat heart can't take. And that I feel like I'm going to basically, I, I can't deal with jump scares to a certain extent and I can't, I can't deal with it, man. So the stuff that they're adding in, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be, it's one of those things where it's just like, I I, I can't deal with it. That's, you know, I was just, I was just kind of hoping like, Oh, I get to re, you know, I I like the, I like the fully voiced Isaac. It is fully voiced now, right? It's fully voiced. They showed off zero G sequences. uh, Yeah. The zero G stuff looks pretty cool. Loading, whatever story expanded means. Eh. Yeah, the the the, the, the those little moments. We're gonna have three opinions here, Hog. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah. I I don't know. I'm still I'm 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 on the fence. It looks amazing. It looks really really good. It's one of my favorite games. So. Okay. Yeah. No, that's awesome. And now Travis, hit us with the yeah. positive spin. Yeah, the positive spin is okay. So I first I'll state my opinions on remakes. One is I don't particularly like remakes, but not for the reason most people don't like them. Okay. I don't like remakes because they seem like a waste of creative capital. I would just prefer you work on something I'm with you new, there, which, which you know that that that's what bothers me about remakes. However, I don't believe in sacred cows. I don't think there's games that can't can't or shouldn't be remade because they were too good. I think Dead Space is a great game. If you like Dead Space, you can go play the old version. They're existing a new version of it does not mean that, you know, it's being overwritten or whatever. So I, I'm I'm okay with classics getting remade and I, I don't I don't have the same sacred cows as most people. I also don't I specifically don't think Dead Space 1 is a sacred cow because I think there's a lot of problems with that game. It's good. It was especially good for the time. It is one of the best horror games ever. I'm excited to replay it. But I think um, if you tried to remake that game with better graphics in 2022, it would probably get flamed because people would be like, oh, it's not as good as I remember. Isaac isn't as much of a character as I remember. There's you know, pacing stuff. There's game design stuff. There's a whole bunch of stuff that probably needs to be changed. So I am going to give them a flyer. I'm going to say your game looks good. I'm excited to see what your take on it is. And if it is uh, worse than Dead Space uh, OG, you're going to get destroyed because people are uh, really like that game. And it is a sacred cow to a lot of people, but it is totally within your uh, within your kind of prerogative if you want to uh, remake a classic game. And I think that that isn't such a bad idea. Um and I'm excited to see how it ends up. I, I think it looks good so far. I don't yeah. know what the story means. I don't know. I fully voiced makes me happy. 
I, I like that. I don't like the silent protagonist trope as much as some people. Um, so we'll see what happens. Got to come up with good reasons why, why he's. Well, I think with this I think they trip. have to come up with good reasons why he doesn't talk in the first one. Because I'm not a talk to myself type of guy. But if I was going through that, I'd be talking. That's all I gotta say. I would so? have some work. Oh, really? for sure, dude. If you're getting hunted down by aliens, you guys wouldn't be like, oh, oh, you know, like freaking out to yourself. I would, <laughs> oh, yeah. Be talking. Like you're you're not talking like like Horizon Forbidden West levels. Like oh no no no, no not that. Yeah, okay. But I I would yeah. like to see. I I think it's crazy that you would go through all that and just make no noise. <laughs> that, no, that, that that to me is inhuman. Like so, I, I, yeah. Anyway, so you're confident that they didn't Aloy him? Yeah, I'm hoping that they didn't. I I know there's a lot of dialogue in there, but I think that they were just trying to show off that there's okay. dialogue. I, I think it was there's a, a lot of dialogue in that demo. There's a lot of dialogue in that demo. I agree. If they if they Aloy him and he's going like I should go down that hallway every That's single right. you know time yeah, you see a hallway. Bad, yeah. I think I need to find some way to get up there. Yeah, okay. exactly. Okay, my I'll, dude. I'll be, I'll be up to that. But I would, <laughs> Orphy, I, would like, like... I would like to I would like to play as a character in a game that yeah. is uh you know I, that that's all I have to say. And I don't or think Isaac it... was much of a character in one. He was basically a um you know a zombie on a quest for uh, I don't Are you more it. enthused about the dialogue show off from the Dead Space demo or the dialogue show off from the Starfield stuff we saw this week? Uh Starfield. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because it did look, if, for folks that didn't see, it did look like they were returning to some of the Bethesda roots with like various pluses and minuses and mini games. That made um, me happy. That made <laughs> me very happy. So I, I, yeah, I'm more excited. But I, I don't, I don't think it's that bad. I'm, I'm excited to play Dead Space. I, I, I don't have, um, I don't, I don't think you can screw up a game that exists and that I can go and play on my, you know, Xbox Series X today. You know what I mean? Like, I was actually going like, to ask that. Is Dead if Space I don't like your game, I'll just play the old one. Like, it's easy. Is, you know? is Dead Space available on modern consoles right now? Yes. I haven't yeah. been looking for it. It's, it's not only, it's it's on, I don't it's know if it's Game, game Pass, Pass, but I I, I think it's it on might EA be Access. Yeah. EA Access, that's what it is, yeah, which is but, part of Game Pass. Is, so, yeah, yeah and, and it and it runs at, I think, 100 FPS and okay. has a 4K up-res. So it's like, you can play that game. Like, like if you don't like the remake, just, you know, play the old and one. I, and I'm in agreement with you, Travis, on the remake. You know, it doesn't kill the old version. So I'm I'm in agreement with you. The, my one concern with that when you said that was, well, if the company decides to not allow it to be played on stuff that's currently available instead of making you buy that remake, then I have a yeah. problem. But if that's yeah. not the case, then I don't care. Yeah, and they're not um, doing that. It looks like Dead Space is here to stay, the OG version. So, All right. Well, then I, I really have no qualms about it. I don't. I'm not terribly enthused about that demo, uh, but we will see how it goes. I will. Rem- Did I will- you like Dead Space originally? Yes, I like Dead Space. Okay, I like Dead Space one and two. Are you gonna buy um, that helmet? I'm not gonna buy that helmet. <laughs> I know I said I'm Ains today, but I'm not buying that helmet. Come on, man, commit, yeah. full commit, Ains. Go for uh, it. No, 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 no. Looks terrible. All right, and then there's a last topic today. If folks didn't see, there was a series of, I believe it was only Twitter, but it was probably on other uh, social media as well, uh, a series of videos uh, put forth by the original Bayonetta voice actor, um, who is, I'm, I'm very sorry because this came up so soon and Ains didn't have it in his outline for me to go over because he's, he's very controlling on this stuff, uh, is that uh, uh, her name was, I believe, Helena and then something, and I apologize. Uh, went out on a series of videos Elena and Taylor, ba- Taylor. All right. Yeah. Fantastic. Thank you, Travis. Um, went out with a series of videos, basically saying, um, you may have heard that I'm not the voice of Bayonetta. That's been replaced by Jennifer Hale. Um, very famous voice actor. 
uh, in video games. And uh, you may have heard that. You may have heard I couldn't do it by schedule, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and then she goes out with what we might call on the internet the T, which is very rare for professionals because they're under non-disclosure requirements. And because generally speaking, you don't, you don't publicize negotiations or negotiation elements. Um, and she says uh, her, the final offer made to her for the work in Bayonetta was $4,000 uh, and that it, that is immoral and that you should boycott the purchase of Bayonetta. Now, actually, and I have some issues with this messaging, but she actually says, uh, if you don't want to boy boycott, you don't have to. But for those of you that care about people and then continues, which I don't think is, is a fair rhetorical move, uh, but, you know, we could talk about that. Did you guys see this news item happen yesterday? Course, Travis I think everybody no. got you know everybody got blocked by. Uh, I'm, lear I'm learning about it in real time, and I, I mean that's yeah, it's it's okay, drama. So it's, it's the Twitter drama that like I think it's not that I have things muted or anyone blocked. I have zero words muted, zero blocked. But I think Twitter knows I don't give a crap, and so it just doesn't show me any of the stuff. Like I didn't learn about your drama this week or anything. I just or, don't. Or, it doesn't show up on my feed. About yeah, <laughs> Hogue definitely wasn't trending. That was not a thing that happened. Okay. Yeah, I, uh, I, uh, I, I just don't see that stuff in my feed. I think they just have the algorithm has learned that I'm, I'm not biting on any of that stuff. So Good. I didn't see this. But uh, all right, yeah. so it's about six minutes of video. I do recommend checking it out. I will probably talk about it if not today, then tomorrow. Usually, I don't do virtual legalities um, on the weekends, but it is one of those things where I think we could talk about both the reporting on it, which so so just to kind of set the stage here, she says it was four thousand dollars. You might recall that um, it was never mentioned that it was a kind of salary dispute uh, by Platinum. Uh, what they had said was that it was a scheduling issue uh, back in the day. She refutes that entirely um, and says that they're liars. Uh, she also then has like a sequence in these videos where she kind of gets mad at, I guess, Jennifer Hale's been signing his Bayonetta, I guess. I don't know if she has, but I, I think it she sounded like she said, thought she had. I don't know. It There's sounded like she was like, you can't. Because you're not her. You can't sign his bayonetta because it's my it's my character. And and there's a whole lot yeah. of things. This is what I, I want to piece all of this out because it's like so the voice actress is obviously not the animators, is not the game designer. It, that's a part of it. Uh, but she claims ownership of bayonetta. I think that some of that is fair if when you're the actor of something and some character. But there's clearly emotionality kind of built into this. Um, and. The one thing I wanted to talk about in terms of the reporting is that for the most part, our dear colleagues in gaming coverage uh, went out there with um, this is true, platinum lied, and like no greater kind of analysis of the situation. And as as a guy, as a lawyer, and as a guy that has a headline show, uh, one of the things that I always bugs me is like, all right, you now have two diametrically opposed positions. The job is not to go out there and say this one is now true because that is what I think happens in the video game industry or whatnot. Um, but to go over, okay, we have diametrically opposed positions. It's time to get investigative. And that, that doesn't appear to be happening here. Uh, Travis, just knowing, as I described it, with uh, the understanding that getting a third-hand uh, you know, summary of events is inherently biasing and because I'm picking the specifics that I remember. Yeah. Um, do you, do you ever run into this when you're either reading articles, not at, not at IGN, we don't need to bring IGN into this, but just in general about um, like something happening out there in the world and them taking it as truth value now, as opposed to kind of considering that, okay, if there's, if there's this kind of opposition, yeah, somebody's, somebody's being untruthful, but not, not looking at it closely enough. Cause that's the kind of thing that bothers me and I might be alone. Yeah. In 
Well, I think uh, internet literacy really matters and it should be taught in schools. And I think a lot of people don't have it, (laughs) which uh, is unfortunate. But when I look at uh, people talking about things, the first thing I do is I consider a, the source and B what, what is the, the medium by which they're delivering the news? If it is a news article presented by a site that I trust, then I know that I can take that as pretty well reported. And at least they did their best to get to the bottom of what was true and what was false and that sort modicum of thing. Of homework. Yes. Correct. A modicum of homework. But if I see it on uh, one of those sites and it's labeled as just sort of like an editorial, you know, it's just Paul Tassie talking, shooting from the hip about what he thinks is going on in the industry. That's named not named. Well, I mean, Paul's my friend and he, I he like does, Paul too. Yeah, he does news, but he also does sort of like, hey, here's just my vibe on what I think's going on with this latest development. And that that is what I would call editorializing. Editorializing is is different. It's not, you know, reported. It's just kind of him talking about what's going on. And I think that content is valuable. And it the good news about it is it doesn't require independent verification and you can get somebody's response in real time and kind of get a summary of what's going on. So that's yeah. useful stuff. The but if, I think if, if true. Comma. Correct. Yeah. If people read an editorial article and think, oh, well, this is well reasoned and, and, you know, like this is hard news, this is just fact, then that is sort of on the reader more than it is on the outlet that's presenting the information. I think, I think literacy on like how to digest news and what sources to trust and which ones to take as fact and not is, is the onus is on the reader. I just think that that it's true. Right. We should teach it more, but it, it is on the reader. Uh, and then there's the other part of it, which is that. When people are online, they're representing themselves in addition to their company. And so on if they're tweeting it, the tweet is probably just them confirming their own biases and giving their editorialized opinion, not them reporting the news. Unless you know that their Twitter, they use their Twitter exclusively to promote news, which some people do. Uh, most people don't, though. I think it's safe to say, even if you're seeing a news reporter talking about something on Twitter, they're sort of in between reporting news and they're kind of a little bit of editorial, a little bit of them kind of working on news and that sort of thing. And so um, I would just encourage people to uh, under like before taking things as fact or whatever, just sort of uh, think on what the purpose of the medium is and the, the person speaking and what the article actually is labeled as, whether it's news or an editorial piece and that sort of thing. Um, That said, I, I, I would, I would hundred percent expect Every single person on Twitter who works for IGN, I'll even say IGN, I don't care. Uh, See, I wasn't immediate... going to put you in that position. Yeah, but I know, I know you wouldn't. But I, but this is something. This is something I'm, I'm happy to talk about because it's, you know, it's, it, it's true. Um, you know, every, everybody there, they, they have opinions, and I, it's actually one of the things I love about the company is that people are free to speak their opinions and they have a slant, and I think that that is, um, sort of it's good in a certain sense. It's good. It's good. If you're writing editorial pieces and you're a personality, it's bad if you're reporting news and you have to learn to put it behind you when you're reporting news. And I think our team's good at doing that, but when they're on Twitter, they are themselves and they let you see who they are. And of course, if they see an article like this, it's going to immediately confirm biases that they already have about what's going on in the industry and that sort of thing, which I would, I would fully expect it to. So um, interesting conversation, not at all the thing type of thing I'm interested in or would read about or, uh, comment on, um, but I can only imagine what everybody who works in my industry was tweeting. I think you probably, if you just yeah, you conjure it in your head, you know exactly. In my head, I'm just immediately like, oh yeah. So it was, it was, it was them just going like, this is classic game industry capitalism. We yes, got a, there's a lot of thoughts on various economic, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is one of the reasons I wanted to ask you on a substantive level. We'll start with Dan on this. Four thousand dollars, voice actress, lead character, title character. Does it? it 
does that offend your conscience slash are we willing to attach immorality to it? I mean, yes. Okay. I mean, I, I don't, th I mean, that, that seems like, especially for an established character, an established series, a very popular series, a uh, company that is funded by, you know, the game's being funded by what, probably Nintendo, if I were it's guessing. Got, Nintendo's definitely funding Platinum. Yeah. Us, yeah. Uh, so a trillion, billion, whatever dollar company. Yeah. It, that's that's ridiculous. Okay. If, 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 Back if, off the trillions on Nintendo. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what they, make. they make a lot of money. <laughs> they've got the money, so they do. You Corporations know, in general have more money than they've ever had. Uh, yeah. So. yeah. So we just gotta get the, we gotta get the scope right. That's all. Okay. We'll, scope. we'll narrow it down a little bit. We'll say billions. Billions. They've Let's got go a lot of money. Um, yeah. This is this is. I mean, I if I were her, and this is assuming this is one hundred percent true, what she's saying. You know, yeah. I will give the benefit of the doubt, uh, but I'm also a fan of uh, of hearing it out. The same as you, you know, kind of get evidence. I guess is what I'm looking at here. Yeah, I mean, I the, she she mentioned something in her video about uh, asking them about this uh, Platinum Games or was it Hideki or whatever. She went straight is. to Kamiya. Yeah, she went straight to Kamiya. <laughs> so so it sounded like they emailed back and forth. So. I would think if she's not worried, like she said about an NDA or breaking any kind of NDA, because she has nothing, you know, what are they going to do? Take her clothes, I think is what she said. Then why not say, hey, here's the email where they said all of this stuff that I just said, plus the, you know, $4,000 offer or whatever. And I'm not saying that she's she's not being truthful. Double I just down don't... on breaking that NDA for sure. Yeah, I mean, if she's going to break it, then just go for it. You know, show did break put it. Them on, like, <laughs> yeah, well, put them on blast, right? Show them that they're, you know, this is what they're doing. Can I you say know? honestly what I think is happening there, Dan? Yeah, go for it. There's a lot of notable information that you would want to know if you were going to evaluate this on a kind of sure. morality level. And and one of those major things is what was the job? Right, right. Yeah. We we think of it. It's the lead character. It's been a, what what kind of what kind of taping did you think was yeah. required? What kind of hours were going to be spent? There's multiple main characters in Bayonetta 3. We know that. Um, what does that look like? Because let's say, let's say that that letter said it's a 10-hour job. It's $400 an hour. I mean, that changes the equation, I think, for people. Now, yes. she's, she presents it the other way. She presents it as they made $450 million on Bayonetta goods. It's like, that's fine. But then you start having that economic question: How many of those law? How many of those sales are we going to lose if we change you out for Jennifer Hale? Right? What? What is? What is your contribution to the value of that intellectual property? And I know people get uncomfortable with that, and I want to treat people with respect and dignity. But we don't know how much you were being asked to do, and you didn't risk your capital or your house to make Bayonetta a thing. So we talk about risk allocation. We talk about return on investment. And it gets tricky. I know this online because I know if I put this in virtual legality, which I'm probably going to talk about, and I will try to say it with as much sensitivity as I can on these kinds of things, but like labor theory of value is not a thing. You don't get a piece of that marketing because you didn't negotiate for it. And I have an issue with going out there and saying nobody else. She effectively accused Jennifer Hale of being like a uh, a strike line jump. Gab. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's like... That was it's like, that's not, I don't know that that's fair. I mean, the other aspect of that is like, Jennifer, did Jennifer Hale really get paid less than you? I doubt that. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, the, there's all these things to take into account. But the very first thing that jumped out at me is like, what was what was the hours that they were asking for you? 
because right. I could tell you, you know, what my hourly rate is. I could tell you, you know, what how, how these things go. I could tell you that it doesn't always relate to the project that you're working on, right? I will do a $50 million deal. And if my final bill is $10,000, that's a great day for me. But that deal couldn't get done if I didn't do all, everything that I did for it. And it's yeah. like, yeah, I don't, I don't get a, I don't get a percentage <laughs> of the millions that went into the deal. Um, so I, I, it's complicated for me because $4,000, as she mentions it, it does jump out. It's like, oh, I would have thought that you get a lot more for, you know, for that. So it's like, that's why you put it in that framework, but you just don't have enough details. And I do try to always take a step back and say, you know, there is a lot of missing information here. And I think as some people noted, I think Kim, uh, Kamia went out with a tweet that was basically don't believe on truths. Like it was like a, a subtweet that some people attached to this story. I don't know if that's fair or not, uh, but it is like, okay, you've got diametrically opposed positions. What do you want to do with it? And yeah. I do think to a man and woman with some exceptions, I actually highlighted one that I really thought was great from, and I, I can't, I want to say Nicole Carpenter at Polygon uh, that actually put out in the tweet that was, this is what she says. And then like goes over it. And I said, this is how you report this. This is, this is, this is how you do this because I had seen, because my timeline is just unlike you, Travis, I haven't taught Twitter properly. My timeline is just, you know, exactly what the tweets were. Yeah, I know what it was. <laughs> and I, I mean, that's what Twitter's for though. Right. I don't yeah. think Twitter's the place for reporting the news. I, I think unless you have a, a news. We need to tell your audience then, because I mean, like that's where audiences are going and getting news. So, I mean, Correct. like, and, and, and I think that's on the audience for getting news on Twitter. If you want to get news on Twitter, follow the news outlets because they'll post it when it's news. But I think if you're looking, if you're following the editors and you're looking at their personal thoughts in real time on Twitter and treating that as news because they work in news, you're you're illiterate when it comes to Internet news. That's all I'd have to say. Okay. <laughs> that's so, not, but, but that sounds a lot like absolving the outlets of all responsibility. Oh, I mean, they're reporting. Sh you should hold them accountable 100 percent. I think holding them accountable on Twitter for the things they say as individuals is is uh not i mean that's not news twitter that's is why news. everybody's got you know my opinions are my own on their little bio yeah top, exactly know, so, yeah. if you if you don't understand that that that's what happens on twitter then yeah i would i would encourage you to um you know take a internet news literacy course they exist there I, I mean that's I, that's just my opinion on it people can be whatever they want to be on twitter i choose to be nothing that's hey mine. you know that i'm i'm i am sympathetic to that notion i try yeah. to help and you you are highly literate on this stuff and i think the reason you get offended at it is because you know that not everyone is and you see them reading these trusted news tweets and taking it for fact and i get that that is super frustrating but i'm i'm more mad at the people who 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 take it for fact rather than the people who are tweeting the people tweeting are just they're just being them that's what you I do can understand that i can yeah. understand yeah I, I i i would like to hold some of your colleagues to a higher level of responsibility uh, <laughs> i mean on twitter i just i think that's not the, the venue for it if, if you have a comment on a news article on ign that you think was reported erroneously i think that is 100 like go to war on that and i'm sure I've you done have that. i've had those interactions with them I'm, sure, I'm sure you've done that that's <laughs> that is, i will i will be your brother in arms on that because i think reported news should be uh held to a very high standard i don't think tweets should be i think okay. i think twitter is a place it's a it's a it's a um forum for people to scream whatever they want in the streets and you know you don't have to you don't have to get uh a second corroborating source to send a tweet I, that's what i think um so uh, as for the uh is it immoral to pay somebody four thousand dollars i would say it's certainly not immoral to offer to pay them four thousand dollars to which they can say no 
Uh, it's certainly within both parties' rights to walk away from the deal if they're not willing to pay more. Um, I don't think that she she is owed the part or unless there's some contract I'm unaware of that says no, so. No, she didn't claim that. Yeah. And I also, I also uh, don't think that um, she's, she's necessarily immoral herself or, you know, NDAs, you can break NDAs and you can, you can break laws. In fact, I would argue it's your obligation to break laws if you disagree with them and think that you're willing to accept responsibility. This is of course where Hogan and I most disagree in our <laughs> worldviews, which is I, I have no respect for laws. To me, laws are just things that people tell you to do that uh you absolutely you, you actually have a moral obligation to break laws if you if you disagree with them and you think it's worth uh oh, it's worth man. the effort to do so there's a lot of cool people who broke laws you guys ever hear of martin luther king jr oh he's a cool dude he broke a bunch of laws um so i i think uh i think um ndas if you're willing to accept the consequences of them you can break them that's totally fine laws aren't 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 uh gospel well, nda just... is technically not a law right it's a contractual right. commitment um right. yeah but so... i mean it's it's you yeah it's a contractual commitment which you can break if you're willing to suffer the consequences written in the nda it doesn't say you can't break me it just says if you do break me here's the consequences and yeah i mean i'd say she's never getting a job in the industry again i mean i that, that's the possibly. choice that's one of the choices that you make possibly uh, yeah so you you have to be willing to suffer the consequences of doing so but the reason laws have consequences attached to them if you don't follow them is because specifically you don't have to follow the laws if you don't want to. Oh, my goodness. That, well, this is an entire course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is a philosophical about discussion. Whether penalties but... are transactional or not. Uh, yeah. Um, it's I mean, a, it's, an, it's the are. nature of things. It's like, can you murder someone if 30 years is a good price for you? Yeah, is you can. The kind of That's class what... you take at law school. Yeah. Um, so I would, I would argue you, you absolutely can. That's why they wrote the, the consequences attached to the law. That's if you're willing to pay the consequences, you can do it. You just you got to be willing to you got to be willing to suffer the consequences. And on yeah. that note, <laughs> it's been a wonderful. I just love seeing a lawyer squirm at somebody. This is the thing. I I have no respect for authority, and Hogue is you know he's nested in in mother authority you know as a lawyer, and so it's just uh, it's very funny to see him squirm when somebody just has complete irreverence toward authority figures. I, I believe there are it. proper and improper ways to handle effective change, and that thinking about about laws and penalties as transactional is probably not the best thing for a philosophically sturdy society. Uh, but I will allow you your thoughts because that's <laughs> who I am. So an awesome bit cast, everybody. Dan, why don't you tell people what you're going to be up to this week? If you want to see anybody ever again, whether they can follow you someplace. I know you have oh, a big Instagram fashion influencing empire. I have one picture on my Instagram. I can't even remember what the account is. That is one more uh, than me. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go, uh, I don't know, steal some stuff. Okay. Because right. the hell Wonderful. with it. Yeah. Because of the transactions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm just going to go grab a bunch of stuff at uh, the store real quick. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know. That's so. Travis's town that you can do that in. Not every <laughs> yeah. town. Yeah. I'll just break into the Walgreens and. Yeah, I get you. I get you. No, I got nothing. Uh, I got nothing. Check out right. Season Gaming for some great stuff that hope yes. we'll talk about here shortly. Yes. My, my and uh, yeah, on that note, Angel will be back next week. We talked about that. They've got reviews pending at Season Gaming for Plague Tale, Gotham Knights, and more. There's a current Overwatch 2 discussion with Jeff Grubb on the channel. 
you don't know who Jeff Grubb is. Mostly he leaks things to people uh, and helps giant bomb traverse its many and varied private equity and hedge fund acquirers. Um, and so you could check out that interview. Uh, and he's also going to be covering the Halo World Championship. That's what Ains is going to be doing. So follow that. And you could say anything you want about him right now because he's currently on a plane. Yes. He's old so. and bald. Yeah. yeah, Travis. He's the old and bald. When can we expect your reviews to hit? And of course, your white paper treatise on transactional law and the nature of society yeah. and man. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I've got a Plague Tale review that's going to be live tomorrow at 11 a.m. Pacific. Uh, I've got the review of um, Gotham Knights coming out on Thursday at 4 a.m., I believe is the deadline for that. And hopefully I'll hit the embargo on. I'm still you know, in the process of writing the review. Sure. Uh, and then I've got um, Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed, which I had to put that review on hold. And I probably will not finish it until after the game is out. So unfortunately, I'll be a little bit late on that one. Is due to my Oh, finish your review because it's a it's just a multiplayer game. right? No, it actually, it's a story. Okay. It has a story. Right. It has okay. a story mode uh, that that goes along with it. So I need cool. to finish the story and get through it. Uh, but I'll, I'm going to get to that late. So if you are curious about that one, you know, I'll, I'll probably tweet out some of my thoughts early um, and maybe have a review in progress as soon as I can. Nice. Uh, and then I'll and then I'll finish it at some point. So I need I need to get that one. Uh, and uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter uh, at Ty Guy Travis, where you can hear me talking about following laws that I disagree with. Uh, and, uh, you know, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, uh, other, for everything else, stick with IGN. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I can't get through it. Oh my goodness. All right. Well, folks, you know where to find me already. YouTube Hogue Law for virtual legalities, hangouts and headlines and lawyers and dragons, as well as at Hogue Law on Twitter for all of the best and most important thoughts on the Michigan Wolverines continued undefeated campaign. Otherwise, thank you so much for joining us in BitCast. Please leave a like on your way out. That's really nice. Everybody really appreciates that. Otherwise, have a great week, and we'll put Ains back in this chair as of next week. Thanks, everybody, for joining us, and we'll see you next time.